What are your plans for your business this year? Hey, it's Tug. Do you want to expand and grow? Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you got a new person to deal with? You have to start all over again? You don't have that with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they want to know you. Unlike big banks, they want to partner with you. The Frost family knows the patterns. They know the ebbs and flows. They know business. Get to know them at FirstLibertyGA.com. Building a building? Buying a building? Buying a franchise? Expanding? Reach out to them. Spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. You do that at FirstLibertyGA.com. And by the way, if you're a young banker and want to work with a team that is faith-friendly and has a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to them today. First Liberty Building and Loan. FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com. <laughs> Look out. <laughs> it's only me. It's only the Kimmer. Yeah, 303 with Pete Davis, sidekick producer and sports tour extraordinaire, and the mechanical mangler at the controls. We call him Flounder. Look out. Yeah, stand by. It's almost Thanksgiving. By the way, it's almost Thanksgiving. I'm sorry I had to announce that now. I, good grit. What happened to, you know, summer? Or fall. <laughs> anyway, 303. How's it going? It's only me. It's only the camera with the boys. 404 741 1230. 741 1230. We love your phone calls. You have any Thanksgiving plans? Oh, by the way, also, uh, just for fun, if you, if, you, if you are driving to the airport or uh, out of or whatever you're doing, if you're in the car and there's a problem somewhere, or, or what's it like? Are you shopping? Are you trying to get things done? Is it a madhouse? If you want to update us on what your life is like this afternoon and uh, maybe you've run into a, a jam at they can't get to the airport or something if you have any kind of update for us to uh, have a little uh, sharing of your day we'd, we'd love to hear from you on that also what are your it's plans no it's that it's a madhouse well i know that the traffic is definitely different my ways brought me a route i've never gone be a route if you want uh, uh, never gone before to get to work here at the ballpark because the uh, the streets are just different i mean everybody's on the road and stuff like that uh, how about in the Mountains making there, Pete. What's uh, what's up with you this afternoon, the pre-turkey day? It's perfect day for staying inside and cooking, which is why I found myself at the store at 8 o'clock this morning because I'd forgotten several things. But by the way, what did the turkey say to the turkey hunter on Thanksgiving Day? Uh, I'm going to ruin this for you. Quack, 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 quack. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And by the oh, way, I just got a, a notice from my daughter. I just, uh, a flounder took a picture of me. We have some Hooters girls, two uh, very lovely Hooters girls. We're just here. They just left, and they were here bringing treats for whoever's here working on pre-Thanksgiving. And they had the little orange shorts on, little costumes and stuff. And uh, so Flounder took a picture of me with them, and I just put it on Facebook and sent it to my kids. And Jennifer, <laughs> and it's me with these two babes, you know, uh, who are like 20 or whatever. And, and uh, Jennifer says, Dad! <laughs> hey, it's not my fault. Uh, anyway, uh, and uh, Flounder, how are you today, sir? Uh, ready for Thanksgiving? Uh, and and uh, Miss Veronica wants to cook, I'm guessing. Uh, you All mentioned well. yesterday. She's uh, prepping some of the sides now, and... Uh... Definitely looking forward to a big feast tomorrow. Does she have a, a special thing? She always, uh, do you, even, you may not even know her Thanksgiving habits or traditions at this point. because I just know she's new. a really good cook, yeah. and she enjoys doing it. So she's doing a sweet potato casserole, a green bean casserole. 
I'm not a big fan of the sweet potato casserole either. Well, but uh, mac and cheese, all the all oh, the goodens. Oh, excellent, excellent, outstanding, outstanding. There's no place for sweet potato except maybe in the garbage bin. Or I'm pumpkin, uh, pumpkin issues too. Pumpkin. She's pie, making pie, a pumpkin pie. pie. Oh God, I just oh, you know. Well, the only way to eat pumpkin pie is with a whole crap load of whipped cream on it, with a lot of sugar in the whipped cream. Uh, other than that, that's just uh, there's no way to do it. And I, I don't for some reason I don't like the crust on. It. And maybe if pumpkin pie had a like a graham cracker crust or something, I don't know. I just, uh, just to me, it's just too. I don't know. Whatever. Sorry <laughs> to be negative on the day before Thanksgiving. <laughs> or now, what now? What the heck? Uh, by the way, uh, coming. We got a million things. Uh, this is also the 60th anniversary of the assassination of President John F. Kennedy. And I definitely remember where I was, and I definitely remember where I was when Lee Harvey Oswald got shot, and we'll talk about we'll reminisce about that. And if you have a story about it, or you remember something about either of those occasions, uh, uh, share it with us. We'd love to hear you talk about that. Uh, your Thanksgiving treats, your John F. Kennedy remembering treats. We got a million stories of news. Uh, and by the way, they're now saying two are dead after an attempted terror attack at Niagara Falls at the Rainbow Bridge at Niagara Falls. How, what, what, a car loaded with explosives. There may be a second vehicle involved, but basically so far one car blew up and they believe it's a terrorist attack at the Rainbow Bridge at Niagara Falls. What the hell good is, what's the terrorist attack there? What, what, what kind of a consequence is that going to be for the terrorists? Well, the only thing I can think of is if they were obviously coming from Canada to New York, did something go off by mistake and... Well, Again, I, I have no idea. I, I mean, I don't know. They say it was a vehicle explosion. The latest is that the latest they were they were going to Buffalo to do something, and it, something happened. Well, it says they were driving from the U.S. to Canada, and oh, were attempting okay. to drive toward the border office building. But again, you know, so how many how many how many casualties would there be the day before Thanksgiving at the border office building at Niagara Falls? So what what's the point? I mean, is this just to say, hey, we bombed Niagara Falls? I mean, people are going, so what? Yeah, two people died and they were the bad guys. Well, another guy got hurt with the cuts and bruises from the explosion. But what the hell sense is an ex- a terrorist explosion at the building at Niagara Falls on the day before Thanksgiving for all the two people there? I mean, I don't I mean, what the hell? Is, is, is this me? Does this have a meaning for? Uh, is there any cause about uh, the connection between America and Canada that would cause some terrorist group to blow up a bomb there? I mean, I don't get it. I don't. I hope we find out more. I, I think they're all dead, though. The bad guys. I don't know, but no, you may never. I mean, I don't get it. I don't understand. Um, I just and I will. It's life's mysteries. Three oh nine. Three oh nine. Kimber, Pete, and Flounder. Uh, okay, I got to slow down here for a second. A couple of things. Um, the uh, uh, bum, 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 bum. oh, uh, we talked about Thanksgiving and the original menu and the original stuff and more JFK stuff. And you hear some sound too. Some very, pretty cool stuff uh, coming up uh, through the afternoon. Also, the uh, series Fargo, the new series Fargo for this year, was back on last night. Uh, the first two episodes back to back. I watched about the first eight minutes of it, and it looks pretty strange. I, I, and I don't know. I have tried. I'm having trouble hearing. I think my ear rockets are screwed up, and and my company, the ENT uh, Place Institute, uh, no law uh, and Alpharetta no longer does uh, hearing checks. Uh, so anyway, so I got to go find a whole new thing to see if somebody can fix my freaking hearing, which I hate. Anyway, uh, so I had trouble listening to it. But Pete, uh, you watch it. Can you give us a little hint on what it's like or what you think or how, what your initial reaction is without giving away any plots in case people haven't seen it yet? All right. It seems like they're doing kind of a remake of the movie a little bit, except an updated version of it. But it's a lot It's a lot different than the movie, but it's got a lot of the same similarities of the kidnapping and stuff like that. The, the, the young lady who plays the mother is amazing. She 
she's uh, she's going to be a star when this thing's over with. And I'm telling you right now, John Hamm shows up in the second episode. They yeah. did two last night. This is the best work John Hamm has done since Mad Men, and it shows once again how great an actor he is if he gets the right material. Well, did you see did you, did you see the movie The Town? Yes. He was great in that, too. I mean, he's... But, he, but he wasn't a star. He was in background. No. He's, yeah. His agent and him have made the worst choices yeah. in his career. He should be up there with George Clooney and Brad Pitt, and he's not. Well, I, 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 he may... I assume he's offered everything. I, I mean, his, from what people keep reacting about him and what a big star he is, you'd think he, he must be getting scripts all the time, and he must be turning them down, I, I would assume. He's doing a lot of comedy stuff, which he's very good at, but you know, he's also a pretty good uh, dramatic, and yeah. as you'll see in the second episode, yeah. you'll either love him or hate him. He, he's very interesting yeah. character. Now, I noticed that the, the time zone in it, they call it Minnesota Nice. It's, again, in Minnesota, and it's like from 2019, so it's, a, it's not in the 50s or something. It's a modern day. And is, it's a, is it a kidnapping? I, never, I only watched the first few minutes. There was a brawl at the meeting, and the mother got thrown to jail because she accidentally uh, tasered, uh, tased a cop. <laughs> so they put her in jail, and then and I stopped. I, I didn't watch anymore after that. But, but uh, so is it's a kidnapping thing, or who done it? A mystery kidnapping well, thing? or it, It's a kidnapping, and then it's not a kidnapping. <laughs> and then, and of course, there's North Dakota, Fargo's involved, there's uh, the FBI's involved, and the uh, Native tribes people are involved yeah. so it's it's just like it's a fargo wow. okay is, is it particularly violent are there's a lot of shooting or stabbing or any vi- uh, physical there's, violence so far there's some violence and it'll remind you uh, like i say it'll, uh, there's so many yeah. things that will remind you of the movie yeah okay cool cool uh, i'm looking for I'm, I'm gonna definitely watch some tonight when i get home uh and then uh I'll spend the most time tomorrow i plan to have to do three very exciting things tomorrow i plan to uh, well, I can't think of them now. Uh, anyway, so it's going to be fine. Our right, three twelve. Well, that's good. Also, Davidson, tell us. Well, yeah, I just I really can't think of anything. Um, no, no, it's going to be it's going to be my little friend Gretchen's bringing food over. I don't know how she keeps getting into my garage. Um, uh, so, uh, so anyway, so uh, you know everything's going to be fine with the camera. Uh, a quick couple of things here uh, concerning uh, Thanksgiving Day. Whoops, today's yeah. We're going to talk about the JFK thing first. Here we go. Uh, the first Thanksgiving, sixteen twenty. The Plymouth colonists from England and the Native American Wapanog people shared an autumn harvest feast acknowledged as one of the first Thanksgiving celebrations in the colonies. Uh, I've been doing it for centuries, of course. Uh, the, uh, uh, the celebrations were common throughout the centuries, as you know. And the reason they put a turkey on the table instead of slaughtering a cow or a hen or something like that is because cows and hens produce, uh, you know, uh, food and stuff for other products. A turkey's made to be eaten. A turkey is, was actually raised to be a meat bird to provide food. They're not, you know, they don't fly and they're not, they don't do anything except get fat and get eaten. Um, but the original menu at the first Thanksgiving, there are two surviving documents that reference the original Thanksgiving harvest meal, a feast of freshly killed deer, assorted wild fowl, a bounty of cod and bass, and flint. A flint is a native variety of corn harvested by the Native Americans, which was eaten as cornbread and porridge. They also had vegetables they had planted, onions, carrots, beans, spinach, lettuce. Uh, They probably had ducks, geese, eels, and lobster and venison as well. And, uh, you know, so off they go. Anyway, so we got a billion things to talk about. Uh, that and, and uh, your com- love to have your comments on what you're doing on Thanksgiving. Uh, happy stuff, uh, sad stuff, whatever. We'd love to have you be part of the program. 314 with the Kimmer, Pete, and Flounder. Happy almost Thanksgiving. What do you think?
<laughs> yeah, got a little ring of fire there. <laughs> what a giver Pete and flounder Johnny Cash. Love <laughs> is a burning thing. <laughs> and it makes a fire ring. Johnny Cash, and on this day in 2016, the Henderson, Tennessee property where Johnny and his wife June Cotter Cash lived most of their 35 years of marriage, the property put up for sale by the current owner. The house was destroyed by fire in 2007. This is 2016 we're talking about when it went on sale. But the one-bedroom apartment building, a tennis court, a swimming pool, and a covered boat dock remain standing. The couple made their home there until their deaths in 2003. Yeah, Johnny Cash. A quick birthday of note. Oh, that naughty little Scarlett Johansson. Schmidt Frafton. Thirty-nine. I still don't get the movie with her and Bill Murray when she was over in China or Japan or whatever it was, and they were Tokyo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't. I didn't get it. I didn't. I mean, everybody loved the movie. Thought the critics thought it was, and I didn't get it. They just they hung around and if, talked, yeah. and that was it. And, you know, and, and you kept waiting for him to put if a move on her because she and her boyfriend were having a thing. And so, but I, I, I didn't get it. If you ever been to Tokyo and felt that detachment, you're in a you're in a city with 18 million people, and no one talks to you, no one will <laughs> look you in the eye unless they're serving you, and you feel like you're an alien on another planet. That's that feeling the whole movie has. It's amazing how yeah. she captured it. Yeah. Uh, but they say I mean, uh, they, it was well done. But I just I, I kind of it kind of escaped yeah. me. Um, uh, let's see, three twenty. Uh, oh, let's get we have some uh, JFK stuff coming. First, Jesse's on the phone. Jesse, almost happy Thanksgiving to you, sir. Well, so, uh, welcome aboard. What you think? How's your girl? Hey, Kimmer. <laughs> uh, just wanted to uh, wish you and Pete and Flounder, uh, all you guys, a uh, happy early Thanksgiving and everything from me and my mom. I don't, uh, and I'm sure you guys uh, you guys remember us. And uh, I do absolutely. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I thought it was hilarious the way you put that turkeys are just uh, <laughs> just race for food. I mean, just imagine, it, it reminds me of the the joke you tell about how you go to and you know how do you prepare your chicken? Oh well, we usually just tell them they're going to die. <laughs> did, did you know actually? Did, did you know actually that today's modern turkey has actually they're they're actually raised to be they're to have such large um, breasts. To, for their meat and whatnot, that yeah. they cannot naturally reproduce. They actually have to be artificially, you know... Uh, yeah, hungry to hungry, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so all of the turkeys came from that. They, we, we raised them so fat for all yeah. the meat that they can't even uh, naturally... Yeah. I'm going to hurt, you know. Yeah. Well, God bless them. They serve I just a. I wanted to wish you guys. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, I say, God bless them. They serve a purpose, and uh, you know, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know. So, hey, well, thank you, Jesse. Uh, really nice of you to call. Uh, uh, best to you and your mom, and uh, you know, keep in touch and have a great holiday vacation and uh, and a happy day, man. Appreciate it. It's uh, four three twenty one. Hey, Kimber. Yeah, yeah. I got a joke for you. Oh, all right, sure. <laughs> Get a rim shot ready. Oh, boy. Okay. What song should you listen to on Thanksgiving? Uh, well, I don't know, uh, Pete. I... All about that bass. Oh, the bass. Uh, oh. So. What does a turkey eat for dessert? Peach gobbler. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's the way it's going to be all day, isn't it? <laughs> yep. Oh, that's the way it's going to be all day. All right, uh, here's the deal. Uh, this is obviously the 60th anniversary of the assassination of John Fitzgerald Kennedy. And I remember, uh, Pete, you remember where you were? <laughs> uh, well, you, hell, no. you were three. I, I forgot you were a baby. And, and Flounder was, was 20 years from I being was born. Two. 
Holy cow. And Flounder wasn't even close. Yeah, the the first real news story or I remember probably was the shuttle uh the shuttle explosion. Yeah. The Challenger was yeah, it Challenger? Yeah. yeah. Was it like 84? Yeah. Wow. That's oh man that <laughs> I was born in '78. That was the first real news story I remember yeah. watching on TV. Well, I, I was a uh, I was a fifth form prep school student at the Lennox School, which is junior in high school, and uh, the word kind of started spreading. And then the headmaster called us into a meeting at the chapel. We had a chapel up the street. We used to go. We had church chapel every night after school. Uh, anyway, and she called us in and told us what had happened. Um, uh, uh, but and I also remember. Uh, the uh, shooting of uh, Lee Harvey Oswald by Jack Ruby, and I saw that live. I was, uh, I'll was i talk about that in a second. First of all, some things you may not know, some little facts about the Kennedy assassination, which uh, might be of interest or amusement. The uh, pink Chanel suit that Jackie Kennedy was wearing is still uncleaned, splattered in JFK's blood, and is still currently stored inside a climate-controlled vault in the National Archives. It will remain out of public view until at least the year 2103. How do they determine that? I don't know. That's kind of a weird they number just, just to... Well, at 2103, it's, uh, it was 1963, so if you add, uh, you know, it's, it's the 03, so if you add 150, whatever it is, remember, a thousand years, 100 years, whatever it is. There's uh, <laughs> certainly no math. Uh, anyway, but I find that amazing. You still have the blood-stained, uh, her dress, pink Chanel suit, and that's in the National Archives, which is bizarre. Also, when Mrs. Kennedy uh, joined the swearing-in, I remember I seeing this, too, on Air Force One. Uh, they were in the, in, the, in the plane capsule or whatever, in the end of the plane, as I remember correctly. Uh, when she was uh, joined the swearing-in of Vice President Johnson on Air Force One, President Johnson's wife, Lady Bird, asked Mrs. Kennedy if she wanted to change out of her blood-stained suit. Blood-stained suit, I'm sorry. Mrs. Kennedy famously replied, quote, Oh, no, that's all right. I want them to see what they have done to Jack. That pink suit is still on view, as we mentioned. By the way, the uh, Secret Service agent who served on Jackie Kennedy's Secret Service detail named Clint Hill, he's the guy who jumped onto the back of the limo, shielding Jackie and the already hit te- uh, uh, John Kennedy. Uh, he still feels a, sen- a sense of guilt to this day. I met him. You met him? When, before I was working on the Kimmer Show, and I was working across the hall at the Rock 100.5 morning show, yeah. they, uh, he came up for a, a segment interview, and he ended up staying for an hour. Wow. Really cool. Interesting guy. Very he, interesting. Uh, he, did an, he did some interviews much later, and he said, I should have been able to do more than I did. I just wasn't fast enough. I guess I wasn't faster than a speeding bullet. And by the way, uh, Mr. Hill is the last surviving person who was in the presidential limo on that day 60 years ago. Wow. And I remember, and and, uh, and by the way, do we have uh, uh, the, the famous announcement that was on the air, and I remember seeing this too on CBS News, the famous anchorman making it officially pulled off his glasses and uh, pretty much was choked up. From Dallas, Texas, the flash, apparently official, President Kennedy died at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time, 2 o'clock Eastern standard time some 38 minutes ago vice president Lyndon johnson has left the hospital in uh, dallas but we do not know uh, to where he has proceeded Uh, presumably he will be taking the oath of office shortly and become 
uh, the 36th president of the United States. Walter Cronkite. What I mean, man. What I, and I remember. Uh, what, what, we were, of course, after that, we were home from school for a couple of days, and I remember uh, uh, my mother was in the kitchen, and I was sitting in the front room. My mother used, uh, pretty much got everything she wanted <clears throat> from my dad, who took care of everything, and she wanted to have a little TV set in the front room of our house. So when she was doing things, she could have a little TV while she was doing whatever. So I had a little like a fifteen or ten inch TV, little black and white little TV thing on the counter uh, in the front room, living room, looking out in the driveway. And I was sitting there playing with the dog, a, 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 a German Shepherd who was Rin Tin Tin's great granddaughter, Heidi, by the way. Anyway, I'm, uh, and all of a sudden, I'm watching Jack Ruby being led in, and in fact, uh, Flounder, uh, uh, she was. Let's do that also, that piece of sound. I saw this live, and I started screaming, Mom, 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 they shot him, they shot him. Here's what it was live live as I was watching, and maybe you were of a certain age, when they got Lee Harvey Oswald. Jack Ruby got him. There is Lee. He's been shot. He's been shot. Lee Oswald has been shot. There's a man with a gun. Absolute panic. Absolute panic here in the basement of Dallas Police Headquarters. Detectives have their guns drawn. There is no question about it. Oswald has been shot at point blank range, fired into his stomach. He is shot. He is shot. Again, it was pandemonium. I mean, we're all yelling and screaming. I mean, it was. I watched the guy get murdered on TV live. I saw a guy get murdered when I was 17 years old. I'm, I'm live on TV. I said, Mom, Mom, I couldn't. I mean, it was just, you know, and that, I mean, the whole, th- that whole time, holy cow. And the nation. What a cover up. I, uh, well, I, I heard uh, Chris Christie was on with the guys before me, before us, um, and they asked, uh, 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 my name will not come out of my mouth of the guy. And, and the guy uh, said, Well, uh, uh, Governor, do you believe, uh, Chris Christie, do you believe that Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone? He said, Hell no. He said, hell, he said, it was, he said, in fact, I think Lee Harvey Oswald, if you noticed, was giving a signal to Jack Ruby. And that's when Jack Ruby shot him. He says, I think they were in on it together. There was definitely a conspiracy. And, I mean, and about half the nation feels, who's of a certain age, feels the same way. Flounder, and are you, of course. Well, the, the fact that to this, it's been 60 years and we still don't yeah. know, that yeah. means we know who did it. Well, I mean, there was <laughs> talk about know who's involved. There was the talk government. about the mob, talk about the CIA, who might have been in cahoots together to because they were in cahoots for many things. The, 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 the CIA asked the mob to help them out a couple of many different times uh, back in the fit with Cuba and all kinds of stuff. Uh, so, I mean, uh, you know, I don't know. Pete, do you have a theory on whether he acted alone? A man shot and killed the president of the United States, and then someone shot and killed the man who shot and killed the president so he wouldn't talk. So, of course, there's a cover-up. Of course, other people probably in the U.S. government was involved. Well, uh, coming up, I will also – and we're not going to talk about this all day. Look, don't get me – in fact, we'll talk about Thanksgiving shortly and uh, some other new stuff. Oh, we're going to have a little fun, by the way. Uh, we, we had some Hamas stuff and hostage stuff like that. But also, uh, we got a lady who's ticked off and may call off her wedding because her husband's a freaking vegan. Also, what happens if you stop having sex? <laughs> well, you're talking to the right guy. But, but anyway, uh, <laughs> and the magic bullet theory, all that's coming. Anyway, 3.30, if you want to join us. Happy almost there. Thanksgiving. Let's be fun time. There we go. 
What are your plans for your business this year? Hey, it's Tug. Do you want to expand and grow? Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you got a new person to deal with? You have to start all over again? You don't have that with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they want to know you. Unlike big banks, they want to partner with you. The Frost family knows the patterns. They know the ebbs and flows. They know business. Get to know them at FirstLibertyGA.com. Building a building? Buying a building? Buying a franchise? Expanding? Reach out to them. Spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. You do that at FirstLibertyGA.com. And by the way, if you're a young banker and want to work with a team that is faith-friendly and has a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to them today. First Liberty Building and Loan. FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com. <laughs> now this important pause. <laughs> Well, just to get you reset yourself, we don't, you know, we we can we kind of go full speed around here. So once in a while, it's nice just take a little second or two break, <laughs> kind of get ourselves caught up, you know. But I do it all the time. Three forty, three thirty-four. Because I fall down a lot lately too. That's a whole other issue. Anyway, it's only me. It's only the Kimmer, Pete, and Flounder. Our number 404-741-1230. How's it going out there? Any problem trying to find a place to park? If you're shopping or you're going to the airport, is it a mob scene? Anything to check in? We'd love to hear from you or what your plans are. You're driving to see Grammy, and you know the first time you're seeing your grandchild or something, whatever. If you have a story, we'd love to hear it. First, uh, three thirty-five. This is Ozzy Osbourne. And on this day in this 20... This is definitely not Ozzy Osbourne. I was unprepared because I was doing Ozzie something Osbourne. back there. This is in excess. In excess? Like, oh, this oh, this is a sad story then. <laughs> so I'll have to read this seriously. But you should know this is an Ozzy Osbourne. Uh, I don't. I couldn't hear it. I'm a, I can't hear anything. I'm just uh, sitting here like a goof. Uh, I got to... I mean, it's freaking stinking. You know, they stopped doing the earring things when they got to get them... Fa- ah, sorry. No, what? I'm sorry. No, no, everything's fine. Uh, this is uh, <laughs> 1997 in excess frontman Michael Hutchins was found dead in his Sydney hotel suite, having apparently taken his own life. The 37-year-old yeah, frontman Hutchins co-founded the best-selling Australian band in 1977. Twenty years later, they found him dead. He was uh, known for his emotive vocals and captivating live performances. And uh, the word was that he was actually uh, doing the old David Carradine self-gratifying thing with a finger on it got out of hand or it fell down or whatever. So anyway, I don't know. Poor man's dead either way. Uh, Birthday, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, famous hermaphrodite, 65 years old today. And... uh, (laughs) That's what she will be known for. Uh, I'm sorry. That's what they, you know, I think there's no doubt, right? Isn't it confirmed? Isn't that, I think even, anyway, whatever. Uh, And uh, 336. And on this day in history, 117 years ago, 1906. Oh, I don't want to do that one. Forget that. Here we go. Uh, 305 years ago, 1718. British soldiers boarded the ship of Blackbeard the Pirate and shot him and stabbed him more than 25 times. After he died, they cut off his black beard and flew it from the ship's bow. (laughs) 
He only died when one of them came up behind him. I think it was a Scottish sailor and almost took his head off with a sword. <laughs> if I, you know, 25 times stabbed and shot. And it took all <laughs> My Lord. Uh, 3.37 with a I got cover. a joke for you. Oh, another joke for Pell. Uh, please do, sir. Thank you. Yes, please. <laughs> a man called up his adult daughter and told her the bad news. Yeah. He and his wife are getting a divorce. Oh, no. But why, Dad? What happened, the daughter asked. Well, I've been miserable for years, and I just can't take it anymore. I packed my bags, and I'm leaving tonight, the father replied. Wait, Dad, don't do anything drastic. I'm coming over to talk to you guys. Can you at least wait until tomorrow? Yeah. All right, why don't you bring John and the kids, too? I'm sure your mom will want to see them. Okay, said the daughter. See you then. <laughs> The man hung up the phone and said, Honey, the kids are coming for Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> because otherwise, see you at Christmas, maybe. Uh, 337, phone calls, phone calls. Who's on first uh, base there, Flounder? Uh, Scooter has got a Jack Ruby story that's related to his family. S- Scooter, Jack Ruby story. Outstanding. Scooter, welcome aboard and happy Thanksgiving in advance. Welcome. What's up? Happy Thanksgiving, boys. What's going on? What's going on? Yes, sir. Welcome. So I just found out. Probably within the last year for my dad, just he never talked much about my his my that part of my family much until recently. And we were talking one day, and he just lets out this little blurb that his great aunt used to drink with Jack Ruby at his club in say in uh, Dallas. Really? Yeah. Because uh, he was an iClub owner, I guess he was an owner. Uh, yeah, he, I think he owned a couple. Yeah. Uh, and well yeah, known. And he went to one of the clubs every night, pretty much every night. I'll be damned. Did, he, did, did they say did they knew him or react to what he was like, or would they react after they after he killed Oswald? Did they ever that's, talk about no, it? That's all, that's all I knew. But it was just a really neat little Jack Ruby connection. I'll that, be damned. You know? That's pretty cool. Yeah. How many how many people have, 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 have hung around with Jack Ruby? I mean, geez. Well, apparently, apparently drunk and did. Uh, so, uh, hey. There you go. Uh, right, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Have a great day tomorrow. Three thirty nine. Uh, who's on line seventeen there, uh, Flounder? We got Swatoon. Swatoon is with us again. Hello, my friend. What's going on? Thank you, man. I just want to say happy Thanksgiving and thank you for your service, man. Without you and people like you, I would not be over here living. You guys saved well. me, and uh, as appreciation for that, I love this country, and I'll die for this country if needed. Other than that, you guys enjoy Thanksgiving, and I hope you don't eat too much. <laughs> and uh, if that transgender guy ever comes around to try to assassinate you, just throw the turkey at him. Uh, there you go. That's right, too. Uh, <laughs> you're a great American, my friend, and you are the best example of what it means for people who want to be American, why they come here in the first place and how they succeed and why and, and, and they're bringing it all together. And I, you're a great example of someone who is a, is a, is a credit to American citizenship. And I, uh, I salute you and I thank you. And it's always a pleasure when you call in. Have a great day. Thank you. Thanks, man. Take care. Yeah. Three, 340 uh, with the Kimmer, Pete and Flounder. Another, speaking of the uh, Jack Ruby business and the Lee Harvey Oswald, there's a lot of of stories and theories and facts and stuff that uh, a lot of people may not know. The famous Zapruder film, which is the only film known to to be in existence showing all of the shooting. The Zapruder film was not made uh, public until 1975, more than a decade after the assassination. Uh, And by the way, uh, uh, President Kennedy was not the only person that Lee Harvey Oswald killed that day, uh, a police officer named J.D. Tippett was shot three times in the chest and once in the temple as Oswald uh, killed him about 45 minutes after he shot 
theoretically shot or helped shoot John Kennedy. We'll have more about that in this stuff with the uh, things. Oh, by the way, uh, uh, Thanksgiving stuff, Thanksgiving stuff. If you uh, have any interest in my turkey recipe, you can go to thekimmershow.net and look at it there. But I shall, uh, if, yeah, shall I, uh, okay, if I do like a minute's worth now, I'll just kind of tell you about my wine-basting turkey recipe. And again, uh, the, if you don't, if, you, if you're alcoholic or you're, you don't like wine or whatever, when you pour all, all this wine on the turkey and then roast it, the, the wine, the alcohol pretty much burns away. The flavor is there. But anyway, if you have a problem, don't do it. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, make you do this. I'm just saying if you're interested or if you've done it before, uh, to get your uh, turkey ready to cook the way you normally do. If you rub butter on it or oil or seasonings or whatever you do, rub the thing and uh, have a ball. Now, I suggest cooking the bird upside down for at least an hour. At least an hour, which makes sure that the bottom is fully cooked. Because a lot of times over the years, at least growing up as a kid, we'd say, oh, man, that's kind of funny. Anyway, so I'd cook it upside down for an hour or so. And then uh, be careful when you flip it back over again that you don't splash all the hot juices that have been in there. Okay, so you cook it on the bottom, turn it back up. Now, make a tinfoil tent to put on top of the bird while you're cooking it. Don't make it airtight. You don't want to you don't want to wedge it into the pan because you, you'll steam it. You don't want that. You want it to, you just to put it on loosely covering the top of the turkey so the skin doesn't burn for all the hours it's in the oven. Uh, not airtight, uh, just protecting the skin. And you do that for most of the cooking process. Believe me, it'll be okay. Before you shove it in the oven the first time, take any kind of white wine, my suggestion, any kind of white wine, and you take the bottle and you go, glugga 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 and then you take your baster and you squirt that thing for, you know, three or four, five, six, seven squirts. You squirt it inside. You squirt, you squirt everything. And just make it soaking wet with that wine. Uh, put the tent on top and you shove that baby right into the oven. You, 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 you uh, squirt the cavity if you have stuffing in there or not. Put the tent on. Put it in the oven. And then I suggest about every, uh, hope if you're around or somebody is, every 20 or 30 minutes, even 10, 15, 20, 30, whatever, pull that bird out. Take the tent off. Pour more white wine. Glug it, glug it, glug it, glug it. Take your baster and then squirt the thing all over again. Just keep it wet. Keep it wet. That's the theory. Uh, the, uh, the drippings are then are starting to come forward, and it's really it smells unbelievable. It's really great. Uh, when the wine runs out, use your baster to keep the drippings and squirt the thing constantly. You keep it so it's moist. Use your own judgment. I want to take the tin foil off when it gets near the end, and then you can make it as brown as you want it. So that's up to you. But again, if the tinfoil tent, make sure you don't burn it. Uh, and then uh, the drippings make the best gravy you've ever had, I promise you. Well, I can't, I, 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 to me, but uh, I'm talking, and the aroma, oh, you're going to have neighbors come in and say, boy, what is that? Uh, to the phones, who's up there? Uh, line 14 there, Flounder. All right, let's go with uh, both callers are calling in about uh, JFK. They uh, talked about when uh, he was assassinated. We got uh, Dave. Dave, you're on the radio. Thanks, He's man. Here. Yeah. <laughs> He's here now. <laughs> hey, Dave. Yeah, I'm yes. there. Yes, yeah. sir. In, 19, in 1985, I was a surgery intern at UT Houston, and the famous trauma surgeon, Dr. Red Duke, was there. Ha-ha. Turns out that Dr. Red Duke was a fourth-year surgery resident at Parkland Hospital the day that Kennedy and uh, Governor Conley were wheeled in the emergency room. Wow. Uh, Dr. Duke looks in trauma room one where Kennedy's laying there and just says, that's a dead man, and moves on to work on Dr. And Governor Conley, who got shot in the chest and the wrist. Yeah. Saved his life. Wow. Holy cow. And by the way, uh, did they talk about the uh, magic bullet theory? 
Yeah, but, you know, there's been an explanation of that, that Kennedy was sitting at, on a higher level in the back seat than Conley was, and they projected that, you know, the, the, the path of the bullet could have hit Kennedy in the, in the neck and Conley in the chest just one bullet do that but i haven't heard mention about that bullet that got found in the on the stretcher next well to, in fact yeah now in fact that's an interesting story and i got a little bit of that on here right now uh the, uh the doctors there were some doctors who were actually in there and who worked on him uh they were these are all pros had a lot of uh, uh, experience and so forth and their the conclusion about the magic bullet went like this there are uh, doctors accounts uh, say that there were discrepancies between their observations and the autopsy photos. They recall a wound in the president's neck that looked like an entrance room and a, ga- a ru- wound and a gaping hole in the back of his head, contradicting the report that Kennedy was shot from behind. There could have been possible multiple shooters, is what they say. Now, the surgeons, uh, the, the surgeon who attended Kennedy was reportedly warned by an individual believed to be a Secret Service agent to never again claim that the throat wound was an entrance room. When Dr. Perry left the room, someone came up to him who Dr. Perry thought maybe was a Secret Service agent, and he told Dr. Perry, you must never, ever say that was an entrance room again if you know what's good for you. Now, former Secret Service agent Paul Landis, who was near Kennedy during the assassination, uh, told the New York Times he found the bullet in near perfect condition in the back seat of Kennedy's limousine, which contradicts the magic bullet theory. There was, he said, there was nobody there to secure the scene. That was a big, big bother to me. All the agents that were there were focused on the president. All that was going on so quickly, I was just afraid that if the bullet was a piece of evidence that I realized right away, very important, I didn't want it to disappear or get lost. And apparently he got it. But again, I, you know, I don't know what to think. I mean, can you, I mean, I don't know. Do you have a, a, a new opinion now about all this? <laughs> I honestly don't know. And I, I thought when President Trump got elected, he said he was going to re- he's going to release all the results. Yes, I thought so too. And with the UFOs too, by the way. Anyway, thank you so much. Have a great Thanksgiving tomorrow. I appreciate your call. A very interesting story. Three forty-seven. Another call. Hold on, we got call. Uh, Michael. coming. Michael's coming up in just a second. Three forty-seven with a Kimber Pete and Flounder. <laughs> I told you so. (laughs) It was 2004 that Ozzy Osbourne got in a fight with a burglar who escaped with jewelry worth uh, about a million and a half dollars from his Buckinghamshire mansion. Ozzy Osbourne told reporters he had had the masked raider in a headlock trying to stop him. The burglar broke free and jumped from a 30-foot window and with a large amount of jewelry stolen in the raid. Two burglars were involved, and Ozzy Hughes got, got one of them in a headlock and uh, didn't know how to bring him down. There's a little move you can do to break his neck there, but that, you know, you probably have to know that. Anyway, a quick birthday of no. By the way, this is um, uh, Rodney Dangerfield's uh, birth date, 1921. He died in 2004. The Triple Lindy, who will ever forget it. And I remember the time I interviewed him with the, at the bookstore in Buckhead many years ago, 
Uh, and it was kind of fun. Just, oh, God. Well, actually, it just so happens I have some Rodney right here for us. Oh, well, uh, hold on, Michael. You're next. Here's little Rodney for you. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm all right now. Last week I was in rough shape, though, you know? My wife's father, he moved in with us. I was an electronic pacemaker. Every time he sneezed, the garage door opens. <laughs> no, I saw my dentist, too, last week, another beauty. I said to him, Doc, look at my teeth. They're all getting yellow. He told me to wear a brown necktie. <laughs> no, I'll tell you, last week was a rough week for me. I broke up my psychiatrist, too. He told me I'm going crazy. I said to him, if you don't mind, like a second opinion. He said, all right, you're ugly, too. <laughs> and then he told me to lay on the couch, face down. <laughs> no, I tell you, on Halloween, that's when I know I'm ugly. I open the front door, kids give me candy. <laughs> and girls, they don't like my looks either. But the other day, a girl was driving a one-way street. I yelled out, one way. She yelled back, no way. <laughs> I don't know. I tell you, I tell you, since I'm a kid, nobody wants me around, you know? I mean, the time I asked my old man, how can I get my kite in the air? He told me to run off a cliff. <laughs> Rodney Dangerfield. Uh, again, I did an interview with him. I forgot what the reason was, a movie or book or whatever he's come out. I was in a bookstore, so I guess he was signing his book. Uh, I don't it was many years ago. And, uh, and so I went up to do an interview with him. And he was, uh, he was just, he was not, he was very uncomfortable guy. He didn't really, he doesn't really, he's not a people person. He's like, just like you see him as nervous. As, that's what he was like. And, and, he, and I'd say, you know, when you got started in a thing and today's comedy said, well, you know, it's, you know we're doing, you know, it's a thing. And, and it was just a horrible interview. And so at the end, I said, uh, it wasn't live, thank God. It was just video it was for TV, a video, uh, uh, I think, I can't remember now. Anyway. So I, at the end, I said, uh, thank you very much, sir, and I uh, appreciate it. And he said, oh, okay. He said, all right, kid, uh, did you get what you need? Hope you got what you need there. And, of course, I didn't. It was horrible. So I went around to all the people in the store waiting and said, give me your best Rodney Dangerville impersonation. So they did their own, right, hey, i got to tell you my way. You know? and, and that made it at least an interesting story because he was just not very comfortable. He's a nice man. He was pleasant, he was, but he was just not a good interview topic. Uh, but, you know, he let me talk to him, so I don't care. It was, we had fun with it. Anyway, uh, uh, 354. Michael, we got Michael on it. Thanks for holding, Michael. I really appreciate it. Happy almost Thanksgiving. What's up? Hey, man. It's good to hear you back on the radio again. Happy holiday. Thank you. I have a comment. I have a comment, and then I have a question for you that I think you might uh, be interested in answering. All right, I, too, remember exactly where I was on that uh, day 60 years ago. In the ninth grade, I remember the girl I was sitting next to. I remember the principal coming out and announcing to a stunned audience about the uh, the assassination, and I don't think that would happen today. But Jack Ruby was indeed a well-known nightclub owner in Dallas. The detectives all knew him. And in that rather uh, famous shot of the detective who was there as yeah. uh, Jack Ruby about to be killed, he said, he yelled out to uh, Jack, he said, Jack, you son of a bitch, don't do it. And so all in all, I do believe that there was a correlation involving uh, people there because, as you remember, um, the mob helped uh, John Kennedy win the state of Illinois. All he had to do was ask. Yeah. All right. So now here's my question yeah. to you, being yes. a yes. weapons expert. Yes. <laughs> Most people believe that there were multiple shots. I do. But Lee Harvey Oswald was firing a bolt-action rifle. I think it might have been a Mauser. I could be um, wrong. But how can you be so accurate 
Well, I love using both as two weapons. All right. Well, I've got a little information for you about that. In fact, uh, Lee Harvey Oswald had ordered two firearms through the mail. He used a synonym, A. Hedel, as a fake name. One of the one of the weapons he got was a Manlicker Carcano rifle. Uh, it's a weird. It's a weird rifle. He used that to kill Kennedy. He also had a Smith and Wesson revolver used to murder the police officer J.D. Tippett. Now, uh, the the word was the theory was that, and the word I heard was that there was no way that he could have taken this old decrepit rifle, bolt action rifle, and fired those Good. three shots or four shots, whatever they think he fired, uh, and had and had done it with enough accuracy to hit him in the neck or the head or anything else. And I always heard, the story I heard was that they even had some uh, Marine sharpshooters and some FBI special uh, firearms experts tried to duplicate it. They took that rifle itself, went up into the uh, book depository and from the window and had a moving target and actually recreated the entire thing. And the word I got was that not one of them could do it. Not one of the greatest uh, FBI or CIA sharpshooters could do the same thing Lee Harvey Oswald did. That's what, they, that's what the story was. Well, that is apparently not true. The latest I found this morning was that it was a conspiracy to discredit the official story. CBS News apparently recreated the thing in 1967. Eleven volunteers with experience with a man-licker Carcano rifle managed to recreate the shots. They had they were able to pull the shots off in time. They did have a varying degree of success, of, uh, success with accuracy, but no trouble getting the shots off. Now, if Lee Harvey Oswald, in fact, as a Marine, was trained with this rifle uh, and knew what he was doing, uh, then he could have had the extra accuracy uh, as someone who was familiar with it. But they uh, apparently now say that it was true that uh, that he could or that they that they could that he could have done it and they did it. So that that's the latest. And again, but still, I, I, you know, there, there's there are still questions. And if there's information, I, I'd like to. Uh, why are we? What's what's the point? Why are we waiting? You know, let's get it all out there. Hmm. I don't know. Michael, thanks, uh, man. I appreciate it. Uh, 358. Yeah. Hey, Kimmer. Yes, sir. Yeah, thank you, I Michael. I a joke for you. Uh, oh, we do? Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> when I was a kid, we yeah. thought it'd be fun to get a turkey a year ahead of time and feed it. So yeah. on the following Thanksgiving, we'd have it. Yeah. But by the time Turkey Day came around, we thought of the turkey as a pet. Oh, boy. So we ate the dog. Uh, oh, hey, hi -o. oh. I'm only kidding. Thank you. I'm no, we kidding. did not eat the was, dog. No, <laughs> it was the cat. No. Oh, hey, much better. Ho, oh, ha. Huh. Uh, what do you call a turkey without feathers? Dinner. <laughs> <laughs> what do you call a turkey the day after Thanksgiving? Lucky. Lucky. <laughs> oh, mercy. Uh, let's see. Uh, can a turkey jump higher than the Empire State Building? Of course, buildings don't jump. Don't be ridiculous. Anyway, I don't know. Uh, 359 with a Kimmer Pete and uh, also a Falander. Why did the cranberry blush? Because he saw the turkey well, getting stuck dressing. dressing the Damn, y'all. Uh, sorry. <laughs> We all go to the same site. Believe me, and they're all the same ones. They're all Good Housekeeping or Reader's Digest. Or, you know, they're the worst cornball jokes in the world, and we got them all. And you're going to hear them, too. Plus more stuff on Thanksgiving, JFK. And what's got the terror attack in Niagara Falls for crying out loud? Anyway, we got newsy Niagara stuff. Falls. Well, slowly I toined. That's uh, coming up on 4 o'clock for the Kimber Feet and Flounder. Happy, happy day, boys and ladies.
<laughs> yeah, baby, 403. It's Pearl Jam. <laughs> what do you suppose that name means? Do you have any idea? What, is that a thing? Uh, uh, not sure, but you know what their original name was? No, I don't. Mookie Blaylock. Oh, I think so. I think I remember some. And maybe you told me that <laughs> because of the famous uh, baseball player, right? Oh, no, or, he, uh, uh, basketball, basketball player. Basketball. Yeah, he played basketball. for the Hawks. Yeah, the Hawks. Yeah, Hawks. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was thinking of Braves. <laughs> yeah, well, what do I know? He was also the drummer for the Rolling Stones. Oh, really? <laughs> I'll be damned. That's incredible. <laughs> uh, but you learn something every day around it. It's fantastic. Uh, anyway, this is Pearl Jam. And in 1994, Pearl Jam released the third studio album, uh, Vitalogy. There's probably Vitalogy, as far as I know. Vitalogy. Uh, which was first released on vinyl and then became the first vinyl album to appear on the U.S. chart since the domination of the compact disc format. Hmm. They followed the release in other formats two weeks later, whereupon it became the second fastest-selling CD in history behind only the band's previous release, V's. Pearl Jam had the fastest-selling CD in history? Wow. I mean, I, that's unbelievable yeah, to me. That, that's the album that Rhubarb Jones and I uh, did the whole show about, talking about that album. Really? Mythology. I'll be darned. Uh, Rhubarb Jones. I've got. It's been. It's been what fifty, ten years anyway since he passed. I guess. What isn't it? Uh, how long has it been? I wonder. About ten years. Yeah. Maybe. Wow. Maybe not even that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Four hundred five. Birthday list includes Haley Bieber. Something of a dish. She's married to Justin Bieber. She uh, Haley Bieber's twenty-seven years old today. And uh, let's see. A little historical note. Uh, 1988, the public gets its first look at the Northrop B-2 stealth bomber in Palmdale, California. The wingspan is nearly 150 feet, but on radar from the ground, it only picks up a signal like a small bird. The B-2 stealth also evades infrared sound detectors and the naked eye. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, 405, is that a phone call or just a block on the thing? That is Rick the Painter on the line. Rick the Painter, welcome. Almost happy Thanksgiving to you, sir. What's going on? Hey, Kim, a happy Thanksgiving, brother. Hey, you know, they said, I looked up on Google last year. It said that if you get a turkey and you freeze it, it'll last up to a year. So I did that. I went to pull my turkey out. Bad gummy was dead. Ho, hey, hi-ho, ho, ha. Hey, Rick the Painter, ho, ha. Hello. I got a joke for you. Hey, do you? Yeah. So this guy checks into rehab the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah, I was checking. As it turns out, he just couldn't quit cold turkey. Turkey, cold coffee. Oh, my God. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, <laughs> we're going to be here till 6. <laughs> so don't say you weren't warned. You're going to be on till 6? <laughs> I don't think we can listen till 6. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> uh, it's uh, if, you, if you have something going on in your life and you want to call us, we'd love to hear and talk to you and hear from you. 404 741 1230. 741 just for fun, let's play that uh, the second sound by you have of the action that happened on this day 60 years ago when uh, John Fitzgerald Kennedy that was assassinated when he got shot. This is what it sounded like in the uh, local situation room, uh, uh, room uh, getting ready for it. Uh, wayside, wayside. This is the situation room. I read uh, from the AP bulletin. Uh, Kennedy apparently shot in head. He fell face down in back seat of his car. Blood was on his head. 
Mrs. Kennedy cried, oh no, and tried to hold up his head. The president and the governor were rushed to Parkland Hospital near the Dallas trademark where Kennedy was to have made a speech. Over. Yeah, that's what uh, that's what was happening in the Situation Room. And by the way, uh, according to uh, one of the uh, Secret Service agents, I'm not sure if I mentioned this earlier, uh, uh, Mr. Hill, who was there, we mentioned him earlier, uh, after Kennedy was shot, Jackie Kennedy screamed, they shot his head off. I love you, Jack. And then the funny things you say at a moment of incredible Mm. turmoil. They shot his head off. I love you, Jack. Mm. Didn't they? Then they say. I mean, at first they said she tried. She was trying to escape the vehicle, but when she climbed back on the back, she picked up part of his skull and put it back. Yeah, I. Yeah, I mean, there. It's just. I, you just can't imagine. Ugh. Just can't imagine. And again, there are still questions. You know, and I thought. Well, Look what our government is capable of doing off today. They've opened up the border to let terrorists come over. They're aiding and abetting them. Why would you think this this federal yeah. empire w- could do something like that? Yeah. Of course they could. Yeah, I, I, I uh, believe me. Well, we know they tried. They used. Uh, we know they've used gangsters. Hell, Carlos Marcello in New Orleans was a famous uh, CIA uh, gangster user guy involving with Cuba and all kinds of things. And we know that they used him uh, for uh, for all sorts of purposes uh, against drug runners and uh, enemies of the state. The, the CIA would use mobsters. Uh, I, I think there's two theories that come up. I think one, uh, either the the military-industrial complex thought he was going to pull us out of Vietnam. He's the one who got us in there, but he was thinking, okay, this is no win. We're not going to stay. Or Johnson had it done because Johnson knew he was going to kick him off the ticket. And the other thing was that uh, Robert Kennedy was going to be cracking down on the crime syndicates, and so they said, no, we don't want like that idea either. So I don't know. I mean, who, I, you know, who knows? Um, and, and again, did I hear on the news that it's 4.09 as we speak? I think on the 4 o'clock news I heard that now they're thinking that the, uh, the vehicle explosion, which they said was a terror attempted terrorist attack at Niagara Falls, at the, at the Rainbow Bridge at the crossing in Niagara Falls, they originally, up until a few minutes ago, were saying it was a, spe- a suspected terror attack, and the two bad guys in the vehicle were killed. Uh, and now, did I just hear that they think it might have just been a reckless driver who was uh, just plowed into the place? Well, how- the Daily Mail is reporting they drove at 100 miles per hour toward the check. He went airborne and then crashed into a fireball. If you see the video, it's a whole stream of uh, gas on fire, yeah. like they had skidded for a little bit. Well, and uh, I don't know whether the car had a bomb in it or whether, I mean, if it was just a car, how much damage could a terrorist attack be driving a car into a building, you know? So, uh, but well, I don't... A car bomb. Uh, well, if it, that's what I say. I don't know whether it had a bomb in it or whether... Or were they trying to do something, do damage to the bridge? But again, for what purpose? What, what kind of a well, terrorist attack is that? You know, it's not. What, what's Fox the, is now Fox News is reporting that just two dead inside that car that exploded. They're not even mentioning terror in their headline. Yeah, now. I think they might have jumped the gun there a little bit because it's in, at the border. But again, I, who knows? If it was going 100 miles an hour, and, and I also heard that they said that they were people were in the wrong lane and told they told them to get in another lane. How could they be told to get in another lane and then be going 100 miles an hour? So I don't know. I mean, again, we're, uh, I, I'm, I'm sorry we don't have more information. But again, when we get more, we'll bring it to you. But I don't, I don't understand this at all. We don't know whether it's a terrorist attack or well, just. Well, there's a. 
There's another frightening headline here on Fox. It says, Hamas terror organization targets Christians, U.S. civic groups inside U.S. borders. And I think it's kind of yeah. sadly ironic that the pilgrims <laughs> came over here to get away from religious persecution. And now we've imported uh, these barbarians from the old world to bring more persecution over here for their crazy religion. And it's getting worse. You mentioned the other day this is like 1935 Germany. I mean, and we're seeing, you know, people taken to the streets. And, and, and one, every single day, there's one story after another of somebody who is now has been fired or taken responsibility and had to quit or something because they were calling for the elimination of Jews. I mean, I mean they're every, these people are everywhere. Uh, and also, here's a new, uh, new uh, wrinkle to the whole business going on with Hamas and Israel as well. A congressional a Republican named uh, Lawler from New York is now demanding an investigation into Reuters and the Associated Press because he is suspicious that the reporters knew of the attack in advance, did not warn anybody because they were reporters who wanted to cover it, and that was the reason that they were there pretty much immediately after the uh, terrorist attack started. And there's no way that they were just, you know, happened to be in the neighborhood. Remember when they raided Mar-a-Lago or whatever, the fall this, and CNN happened to be there at 5 o'clock in the morning? Oh, no, no, we were just driving by. You know, nobody notified us. You know, the FBI didn't tip us off or anything. No, they didn't say, let's arrange these photographs to be a better picture or anything like that. You know, no, we, you know, we, no, we were just there, you know, driving around around 4.35 in the morning for the hell of it. You know, guys together with a film crew ready to go and everything. So, you know, anyway, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Would not be surprised at all. And I, because these are not reporters. These are advocates. These are people who are a part of the system, a part of the process. They're not telling you as an, as an outside observer what's been going on. That's, that, those days are gone. So I wouldn't be surprised at all. Reuters and AP had somebody that they got calls saying, hey, there's gonna be an, hey, we're going to be an attack there, so don't go anywhere. Okay, on the Ixnay on the Auking Tate of the Esprey or the Edie I mean, unbelievable. Uh, 4.13. Is that, uh, uh, we have a call coming back when we come back? We sure do. Outstanding. That's a fun day. 404-741-1230. Kimber, Pete, and Flounder. 4.13. We got the news and goofing around stuff, including why you should not stop having sex. <laughs> in case you are having some right now. Uh, 4.13. Yes, sorry. <laughs> what am I saying? <laughs> Okie dokie, 419. How goes it? It's only me. It's only the Kimmer with Pete and Flounder. And David's coming up on Mr. Phone. First, Alice Cooper, 1991. He helped a couple of fans, needed some help. Patrick and Deanne Kelly's California home was about to be repossessed. So Patrick painted Alice Cooper's face on the house, hoping to sell the property but get some attention to it. Well, Alice Cooper actually signed the autographs to help raise money for the couple, and I think it worked out. Now, in 1991, Alice Cooper. Let's play a little Alice. I don't really know much about Alice Cooper. I like him, though. <laughs> and he was, uh, he was on uh, 30 Rock once as a guest. Uh, something or other. He was a pretty cool guy. Seemed like a nice guy. Conservative and an avid golfer. Yeah, a, a, a huge golfer. Huge golfer. Uh, let's see. Birthday list includes little Stevie Van Zant, E Street Band guitar picker, and Silvio on the Sopranos. 
Little Stevie Van Zandt is 73 today. How the hell did he get that job on The Sopranos? I forgot the story. Did he know the director or the producer or something? They all kind of knew each other. They were big fans of uh, Springsteen and all that. Yeah, but still, he's a guitar player. How They say, gee, can you act? I mean, how did yeah, that come was... about? He was an actor, too, before that. Okay, I, I didn't know that. Um, and uh, let's see. On this day in history, 420 is our time. Hold on, David. On this day in history, 1906 in Berlin, the Second International Radio Commission was meeting. They wanted to come up with a universal distress signal, so they picked three dots, three dashes, three dots, S-O-S. And that's the international symbol. Uh, I picked today in 1906. Uh, to the phones, David, join us. Hello, David. Happy almost Thanksgiving. What's up? Um, I, my life seems to intertwine with your radio show. I mean, it's, uh, it's frightening uh, and exciting at the same time. So I have four things yes. that... Uh, to mention, uh, number one, I met Rodney Dangerfield uh, back when I was an art director at uh, Record World in New York. He had just come out with a comedy album, so he came up there, and just like you said, he was very awkward. Yeah. Um, because it wasn't really his, uh, it wasn't really his thing. He's way out of and his comfort the, zone. Yeah, way out of his comfort zone. And uh, the woman that did the charts, she was, I, I guess, you know, late twenties, uh, short. Um, and she was she really loved people coming in and and, and she'd get their autograph and everything and she came in and she was always uh fashionably dressed and she was wearing knee socks that day and she came in and she goes mr dangerfield i just think you're so funny i love your comedy and he goes what you got girl scouts working here and then the whole <laughs> thing changed and, and and he started doing his routines and he was a lot more comfortable yeah, thing yeah. Number one thing number two yeah. rhubarb jones uh, I, a large uh, brother of his was a friend of mine, and he passed a cassette of some of my songs, just rough stuff, to him. And one night, I mean, it was late at night, 10 o'clock at night, watching TV, the phone rings. It's Rhubarb Jones. I, I mean, out of the blue. Uh -huh. And he was talking a little slow. It's like he'd been hanging out with some friends, and he was wanting to know if I was available to write songs with him and Jerry Glanville. Oh, I'll be, are you serious? Oh, my God. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it never happened, but, I, I mean, that, that's one of the things I really wish would have happened because I cannot even imagine what kind of song that, that would have Rhubarb okay. Jones says, hey, can you want to write some songs with me and Jerry Glanville? I mean, your you draw, <laughs> jaw must have dropped on the floor. Uh, it was, I mean, you know, and, there, and this was uh, before caller ID, so I didn't get his number and anything. Man, that didn't happen, but that's okay. I that's got the funny. story, okay? Yeah, that's Thing cool. three, okay, uh, Johnny Cash's home. I visited there. He he uh, led me, he showed me around his house and showed me, you know, uh, it, it was real interesting. It was it was kind of like Beverly Hillbillies, really nice house, but it was like, you know, he had a rocking chair kind of <laughs> nailed up on the wall and things, but he yeah. was like the nicest guy and just yeah. very... Very gracious. It was a uh, like a uh, a lawn party, and he lived really? in, and it was in Hendersonville, Tennessee. He lived on the lake up there, Old Hickory Lake, and it was a, I mean it was a beautiful setting, and I mean uh, all of Nashville's who's who's yeah. and me. We were there for this uh, this party, I, and, uh, cool. and he he took took me around. All right, and the fourth thing, and this is more of a, uh, a tidbit of interesting info uh -huh. today. November uh, 22nd, on the same day in 1963, when JFK was killed, there were two other people that died, famous icons. 
and one was C.S. Lewis. He died that day, and also Aldous Huxley died, and Aldous Huxley went out on an LSD trip. His wife shot him up with LSD and sent him to the next world. Really? All those those three guys died that same day, and of course, you know, JFK got all the headlines and everything, but, you know, C.S. Lewis and and Aldous Huxley were, you know, would have gotten their own news story if it had been for JFK. Wow. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know it. Yeah. yeah. Imagine the three of them in purgatory in the waiting room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm kind of thinking about that myself. I wonder if I'll meet if they're still there when I get there, because I know I'm not going straight up anywhere. I'm fairly sure. Uh, anyway, David, thanks, man. I enjoyed talking with you. Hi to your wife. And again, nothing personal. I just, uh, you know, give her a little hug from me or something. And, uh, yeah, it's a go. 425. We have, uh, is that line 17 now? Uh, hey, you're on the radio. Who's this? Hannah. Hi, Hannah. How you doing? I'm good. I just want to tell you, I've been listening to you since for over 30 years. Oh, my and goodness. every day when you come on at 3 o'clock, my dog goes and gets his leash, and we sit on the front porch and listen to you. <laughs> and I even have the recording where my daughter called in when, during the Kavanaugh, uh, Kavanaugh hearing. Uh-huh. And But the thing about the turkey, I did that one uh, year about 30 years ago my dad's a southern baptist preacher oh boy and they came down for thanksgiving Uh and i cooked that turkey and my mother says the best turkey she ever had and wanted the recipe and i don't to this day know how i got out of that (laughs) with the wine on it you mean (laughs) oh yeah yeah they they did not drink oh my yeah i I just love listening to you and i've been even when i worked all those years i'd listen to you while i was at work and now i'm retired so i still do oh that's sweet that's the sweetest thing I've ever heard. Your dog at 3 o'clock, when I come on, your dog gets his leash and you go sit on the porch and listen to me on the radio. Oh, my God. When I turn it on, he hears it and he goes and stands by his leash and we go, he's a golden retriever. And we sit on the front porch and for three hours and listen to you. So, anyway, that's the sweetest thing I've ever heard. I don't... <laughs> he does. He does. Uh, and I'm doing so, anyway. Yeah. But thank you for everything you no, do. And I love thank... all Pete and Flounder and everybody. Well, so, you're you know. You're, uh, we are grateful and thankful on this very special day. Thank you, you sweet lady, Hannah. Thank you so much. We <laughs> want to see a picture of the dog. Yeah, we want to see it. Take a picture and send it to us. <laughs> that would be cool. Hey, hey oh, David mentioned uh, Rodney Dangerfield there. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, that wasn't his real name. Uh, you know, I think I, I, I don't remember what it was, but I think I've, you may have told me that. What's his real name? He was a teenager. He was grew up as Jacob Cohen. He changed his name to Jack Roy, and after nine years of show business, he quit because he wasn't getting anywhere. When he came back in 1962 to show business, he wanted to change his name, and a club owner said, you need to use the name Rodney Dangerfield. Now, where did the club owner get that name? Yeah. I don't know. Do you know? I don't know. Ricky Nelson used the name Rodney Dangerfield in an episode of The Adventures of Ozzy and Harry. Oh my God! I watched every. I've seen every one of those shows as a kid with a whole family watching. I don't remember him using. How, do you remember the episode or what it was about? You wouldn't have known it, but did he read about it or? Well, Doesn't say. I'll be damned. Ricky Nelson in the in the Ozzy and Harriet adventure yeah. I, from 1956 or whatever black and white TV. I, I had no idea. And we've had we have more uh, a little Rodney here too. If you if you want, you want to do a little something there now, Flounder, if you have one available, uh, I think he may be doing something else. Uh, well, I got a joke. If he doesn't, uh, okay. Well, I, I don't know if you had heard me. You want to do a little Rodney here? We were just talking Absolutely. about. Absolutely. Let's do another yeah. little Rodney here. Let it's his birthday today, uh, two thousand. 
Or not 2,000, you idiot. Uh, he was... a lot of things by old man. Well, once on my <laughs> birthday, he gave me a dartboard with automatic return. <laughs> <laughs> and my mother, too. She never breastfed me. She told me she liked me as a friend. <laughs> I tell you, since I'm a kid, I don't got no respect from anyone. Well, last week I donated blood. The family thanked me for saving their dog's life. <laughs> and my wife, she's no better than the rest of them. I told them when I die, I want to be cremated. She's planning a barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> with my wife, I got no sex life either. Outside my bedroom window, they caught a peeping Tom sleeping. <laughs> What a sex life. Well, my dog keeps watching me in a bedroom wants to learn how to beg. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite lines of his is, uh, you know, my wife, my wife, you know, one time there was a fire at the house. My wife said, hey, kids, be quiet. You'll wake daddy. You know? <laughs> uh, Rodney Dangerfield, born in 1921 on this day, died in 2004. Uh, he never made it in showbiz till he was in his 40s, which was in the 1980s. That can't be right. 1960s. 1960s. It took him 20 years to become a household name. And uh, and that part of that was I th- when he made that change. And I remember hearing a story that he just wasn't getting anywhere, and he quit, and all of a sudden. And, of course, he had the mannerism. You know, he'd stroke the tie, <laughs> make his neck move and stuff. Uh, and he had a thing. Yeah. It was just one of he the greatest of all time. He, he said he heard a small-time gangster talk about he never got any respect. And he goes, that's a good line to you. Well, you know, he came up with the thing, and he owned it. And uh, it was, uh, I mean, what a, what, a, what a great talent. Yeah, I got a joke for you. Uh, please do. Maybe my favorite. Right. One Thanksgiving morning, a farmer walks into his house with a turkey under his arm. Oh, boy. This is the pig I've been sleeping with, he says. That's a turkey, his wife says. The man answers, I wasn't talking to you. Hey, ho, hi, ho, ho. Yeah, 4.30. It's almost Thanksgiving. Give us a break. We're doing the best we can. Or the Kipper, Pete, and Flounder. <laughs> 106.3. Six, <laughs> rough room. Rough crowd. Tough crowd. The Dave Clark Five, right here with the no, sorry, four thirty-six with the Kim Pete and Flounder and the Stones. Yeah, it was on this day, nineteen ninety. Bill Wyman announced that his seventeen-month marriage to model Mandy Smith had come to an end. Yes. Uh, the kinky part of the story, which I still find very hard to believe, is that uh, Mandy Smith was 13 years old when she started dating the 47-year-old Bill Wyman with her parents' permission. Which I can't believe. I don't. I don't. Uh, I mean, I don't. I, I don't know how that. I'm possibly sure there was happened. a nice payout. Well, Wait I mean, how do you go? How do you go to a family and say, "Hey, I'm hot for your daughter. I'd like to take her out." She's 13, and he's 47. This was the same country that rioted when Jerry Lee Lewis had yeah. his 13-year-old wife over there. Yeah. Huh. Unbelievable. 
And a marriage lasted, you know, well, obviously it wasn't, you know, anyway, I can only imagine. Oh, by the way, uh, coming up, well, I'm going to tell you about a 14-year-old girl and an incredible story at a nudist colony, and we'll get to that in a second. First of all, uh, a birthday list here thing includes, uh, I had one here, I thought, I swear to goodness, I know I have one here, I was going to read for you. Oh, here we go, Mariel Hemingway, one of these surviving Hemingway girls, 62. Was she the one who freaked out? And uh, started taking off her clothes in the middle of the road, and they had to put her in the hospital and stuff. I think they probably all did a little freak-out thing. And on this day in history, in 1998, the CBS 60-Minute Show aired a videotape of Dr. Jack Kervorkian administering voluntary euthanasia to Thomas Yoke. Uh, it's kind of hard to beat that evidence right there on TV and everything, so Kevorkian was arrested right there. And, con- <laughs> and convicted of murder and sentenced to 10 years in prison. Well, Your Honor, uh, it was on TV. Uh, you know, <laughs> Your Honor, we're ready to make a decision. I, uh, I mean, and he did it on purpose. They did it to yeah. push the issue, and, and it did. And uh, the state started changing laws, and medical association had various things. I mean, it, it was a big deal 20 years ago. Mm. Um, anyway, I don't. I haven't heard much about euthanasia for people these days. Uh, for some reason, we haven't gotten a White House should have. Uh, been paying uh, nope, nope. a brain transplant to help him out there for a while. Hey, we uh, got a nice email here. An email of nice. Uh, all right, sir, pass it along. Alex writes, hi, guys. Yeah. Listening to the camera and my dog and cat both come running when I turn you on. Uh, and we sit on the front porch and listen till my husband gets home. I've been making your turkey for years. Best recipe ever. Love to you all. Oh, are you serious or you made that up after no, the sweet hand? No. And who's this from? I just texted it Alex. to you guys. Oh, you did? I didn't. I don't have that one. I didn't see it. I didn't get a text on that. I got a thing about the Republican Party being a joke. Yeah, because they're not going after that Bowman guy for pulling the thing. They're not going to do an ethics committee uh, investigation uh, on him. They're letting uh, him skate. Oh, and Flandre, I did get. It. I'm sorry. It just it just popped up after that one. But yeah, this is amazing. Uh, the the Democrats are. Oh, sorry, let me get the whole story. No, it's the Republicans. Uh, yeah, the, the Republican Party. The House Ethics Committee, the House is run by Republicans. We have the majority. Voted against investigating that slime bag Jamal Bowman who lied about pulling the fire alarm to help his party to cause an insurrection in the House. Holy cow. And worse than that, he just went on MSNBC and lied about the checkpoints that Israel had between them and Gaza to keep them safe. He basically lied and said it was the Israelis that were doing all the bad stuff to the Gazans instead of the Gazans not allowing any Jews over into Gaza. Wow. He's just a liar. He's just a liar, and he did this. He's getting away with it because he's a minority and he's Democrat. That's right. But how can the Republican—I I don't believe this. If this had been a Republican, you know that he would have been in solitary confinement, probably whipped and beaten when he got thrown in there for several months before he went to a judge who would have given him seven years in prison for an insurrection of uh, interfering with the people's business in the House. I mean, this is unbelievable. Anybody don't, Anybody think this is fair? Does anybody think this was what would have happened if you changed the parties? Almost everything that goes on politically in this country right now, if you change the parties, you really won't believe the hypocrisy. Well, and the Republicans allow it to happen. They're a bunch of cowardly wusses. This is unfreaking believable. Uh, do a quick newsy thing or two. We got this is my kind of more of a holiday movie here. Thanksgiving uh, tomorrow, and of course the JFK assassination sixty years ago today. Uh, a couple of other, th- a couple of quick things here. 
there, I, I, there's a question that has to be answered in end, and you'll be asking it to yourself as I read this story. A Wisconsin man named Stephen Wickland, 69 years old, was charged at, uh, with third-degree criminal sexual assault after a 14-year-old girl was visiting a naturalist nude club with her grandparents and apparently was raped by the person she describes as a family friend. Okay, Stephen Wickland, 69 years old. The 14-year-old girl was at the nudist club, which is described as a family, uh, described as a uh, non-sexual, family-friendly nudist colony. The girl, the 14-year-old, was here with her grandparents, described him as a family friend. She and Wickland, who were both naked, were sitting inside the club when he allegedly began raping her and forcing her to touch him for front for five. Uh, he told her it was fine and normal, that sexually touching her was okay. When the teenage girl, 14, told him to stop, he grabbed her hand and forced her to Apparently, he continued harassing her even in the months after their trip ended. She never told anybody anything. Months later, he was sending her a string of explicit text messages, including requests for images of her and her little friends. Quote, have you been uh, having sex with your girlfriends, one of the messages asked. Uh, He got busted uh, 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 this month after the teenager's mother found the series of demented demands and called the cops. This is Wisconsin. The teenager admitted to her mom that she was sexually assaulted during the trip to the nudist colony. Uh, The trip to the nudist colony, a 14-year-old girl with her grandparents. Okay. Gee, what's my first question? How the hell do you allow a 14-year-old girl to go to your grandparents' nudist colony and get naked? My God! I mean, seriously. I don't... I can't believe it. 14. And that she would want to go there. I mean, honestly, I mean, I know, of course, young kids today are much more sexually liberated than, what, you know, my generation or probably most of yours, too. But still, a 14-year-old girl, if you said, hey, would you like to go see, uh, go with your grandparents in the nude to go to a nudist colony? And she would say, yeah, that sounds great. And sitting next to a family friend, naked, 69-year-old man, naked, a 14-year-old girl. I don't get any of this. Uh, Flounder, is that uh, line 42 there? Is, there? is that not a thing? Uh, that is our special comedian who we should get to in a second. Okay. Here. Oh, goodness. All right. Well, we'll do that. Also, uh, the story about the uh, the pilot. I don't know whether we, uh, I think you mentioned that before, the airline pilot, the, France, the French pilot. A French pilot has been uh, charged and convicted of involuntary manslaughter. Uh, he's a 40-year-old pilot, uh, uh, a French pilot, and uh, one of the 40-year-old parachutists in his parachuting plane jumped out of the plane, and it was uh, 20 seconds later when he collided with the wing of the plane because the pilot moved to do his maneuver after the guy jumped out. The guy jumped out at the wrong time, apparently broke the uh, bonds and the records of what he was supposed to be doing in his behavior, and the pilot's wing of the plane sliced his head clean off. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Clean off right there. 
Don't look uh, the, the guy had done 200 parachute jumps. He did not uh, follow the course. He, he sh- there's a, a, a program where you jump when he tells you to, and then the pilot knows when he can turn and stuff like that. Anyway, the pilot said, it's a tragedy in my life. I can't believe it, but I'm not at fault. Well, they took away his flying privileges and uh, convicted him of second-degree manslaughter, uh, and uh, he's been fined, and uh, he didn't go to jail or anything. But still... Mm. Uh, he said the guy screwed up. The guy did the wrong thing. It's my responsibility, uh, but I made my flight pla- my flight path made sense, and it's a tragedy. But I'm not at fault anyway. He's been convicted of that. Um, uh, five, five. Uh, quickly to our special unknown. Uh, com- uh, uh, we don't know who this is. Comedian. Hello, unknown comedian. Welcome aboard. <laughs> Hey, this is Scott Shannon. Uh, oh, well, no, no, no. Yeah. Well, no. Oh, we lost the line. Did we lose it? We lost the line. Oh, no. We can't, can't use the name of the thing with a thing. Uh, it's a quarter. Uh, maybe, a later, maybe another day. Uh, 446 with a Kimber Pete and Flounder. <laughs> All right, I call drinking. I call drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. It's ABBA. Love ABBA. I love a lot of their songs. 1980 on this day, ABBA scored their sixth British number one album with Super Trooper. Give me a fail, son. Yeah, yeah, I know that song. It, uh, it, the album features the single "Winner Takes It All," which is a great song. It's Super Trooper. Um, uh, this one I don't really know of anything, but anyway. But I love ABBA and I, I love their stuff, and I have uh, some of their uh, my favorite song, Fernando. They always speak highly of you. Uh, they they do, and we had that little thing for the weekend. But that's another story. Five fifty one, four fifty one, four fifty one. Birthday list includes uh, the hideous Mark Ruffalo, the American yeah. traitor, fifty six years old. Uh, the Hulk or something, and he's uh, he's a famous TV Good producer actor. guy. Yeah, he is. He's an idiot. He's a, a, a dipstick, yeah. Uh, and on this day, 1972, America loses its first B-52 bomber in Southeast Asia when the North Vietnamese gunners launched a surface-to-air missile that brought down the eight-engine bomber B-52s. I'll tell you what, you never forget. <laughs> uh, and on this day in uh, history... Uh, uh, 2005, Ted Koppel stepped down as host of Nightline after 25 years. And uh, remember, that started after uh, uh, 9-11. After, was it 9-11? Iran, the Iranians. Oh, no, the, Iran, the Iranian, Iranian hostage crisis. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and, I, and I, I was on the show a couple of times, actually. Uh, when I was we're did he know you were there? He did, had no idea. No, I <laughs> no. I was. I mean, they played my stuff on his show. I, I my, some oh. of my reports for ABC that when I was doing stuff for the network when I was in Chicago, they played on his show, which kind of. Oh. Uh, anyway, I'm not. I mean, I, he didn't know me. I, I was never on on his set or anything like that. Uh, Four fifty three. Uh, the latest on that business at Niagara Falls. If you just joined us, they said it was a terrorist attack. Now they're saying it may have been a vehicle going out of control. I've all there are headlines. There, there there was a fireball like forty feet in the air, mm-hmm. which indicates that there probably was a bomb in the car and it was a bomb thing, well, but again, I, maybe not. It might have been the gas tank. I mean, who? I don't know. It's a very strange situation, whether it was a terrorist attack or, or, or people screwing around or drunk or going. The one report, uh, Pete said we're going 100 miles an hour and slammed into the building or something. What the hell? I mean, in we, the last hour, Tucker Carlson reported there were explosives and then we have another reporter from another network saying, no, there were no explosives. Yeah. So. Now, we'll keep you posted, but again, we don't know. Uh, and again, quickly, 
uh, I don't really feel like talking about bad and uh, horrible stories on a day like this for some reason. I'm kind of in a melancholy mood. I miss my kids, and uh, their course are all over the place. And in fact, uh, it's really kind of cool because the whole fam family is uh, they go on a trip for Thanksgiving to a special resort place, and all get together and have kind of a thing out in the country and stuff. So I'm so happy for them. We'll do some FaceTime without you. Without me, we'll do FaceTiming tomorrow. It'll be fine. Uh, this story: there, there's a three-year-old girl is one of the American uh, orphans who's being held by the uh, slaughterers of Hamas. Uh, her birthday is Friday, and this week is she's going to be four. Her name is Abiga- Abigail Moore Eden. She's three years old today. Uh, here's the story. Her father, Roy, a photojournalist, and the, her mother, Samar, were murdered, and she escaped to a neighbor's home. Her 10-year-old brother and 6-year-old sister saw their parents being executed and hid for 14 hours and survived while Abigail, the three-year-old, was kidnapped. It's her fourth birthday, her family says. Nobody's giving up hope that she's in the first release of the hostages they're trying to arrange right now. That's apparently this going to be happening. Abigail's six-year-old sister, Amelia, and 10-year-old brother, Michael, witnessed Tomas come into their home and murder their mother, Samadar, 40 years old. The two children ran to find their father, Roy, who was outside holding the three-year-old Abigail. They started fleeing to shelter. A Hamas terrorist killed their father. The older children ran back into the house where their mother's body was dead. They locked themselves in a closet. Michael, the little boy, made a phone call to his grandfather while they were trapped inside the closet. He said, Grandpa, terrorists killed Dad outside the house. They killed Mom, and Abigail's inside. I'm alone with Amelia. They hid there for 14 hours until a relative rescued them and took them to a shelter. They witnessed Hamas slaughterers murder their mother. They ran to get their father watched them murder their father, ran into a closet, and hid for 14 hours. Think about that. Think about that. Ten-year-old brother and a six-year-old sister slaughtered their parents, and they were hiding together. Can you imagine what they were doing in a darkened closet for 14 hours, probably scared out of their minds? I mean, I can't even imagine. It may, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm getting apoplectic thinking about my children witnessing that and going hiding in a closet for four, uh, 14 hours from this point until tomorrow night at 7. Those little children saw their parents slaughtered right now. They saw their mother slaughtered, their father slaughtered. They ran right now at almost 5 o'clock into a closet and hid in there, afraid for their lives and being tormented by the sight of what they just saw for 14 hours until tomorrow night at 7. Put it that way and see how and think about it. Oh my That's God! That's twenty-four. That's twenty-four hours. Uh, well, uh, same thing. Okay. <clears throat> Felt like twenty-four. <laughs> Shut up. I don't know if I agree one hundred percent with your math there. Well, Lou, Lou I <laughs> <laughs> DLR made dealer plates. Oh, Tan Sierra, Tan Sierra. <laughs> 
Well, it sounded better when I said it was tomorrow night at 7. But it would have felt like there were two of them, so 14 plus 2 is 27, and that makes 24 hours, so 26 hours. You know what you need, Kimmer? Yes, I know what I need. You sound a little down. I like, you, you need a couple jokes. So a couple like of jokes or two would be great if I could. Kimmer, how many cooks does it take to stuff a turkey? How many cooks to stuff a turkey? I don't know. I stuff a Only one, but you got to really squeeze them in there. Oh, hey, hi-o, ho. And this morning, my wife said she wanted to me to help fix Thanksgiving dinner. Uh-huh. I said, why? Is it broken? Uh, ho, hey. Oh, uh-huh. okay. Oh, wow. Uh, the only ones more stuff than us on Thanksgiving are the turkeys, ladies and gentlemen. I say, uh, okay. what do you call it when a turkey's running away? Uh, fast food. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see. My family told me to stop telling Thanksgiving jokes. I say, I can't quit cold turkey. You know? <laughs> uh, let's see. What kind of music did the pilgrims like? Plymouth Rock, I guess. It was kind of rotten. Oh, oh God. Uh, why were the pilgrims' pants always falling around their ankles? Because they were using their belt buckles on their hats, ladies and gentlemen. So, but, um, oh, hey. <laughs> tough crowd. Tough oh, crowd. hey. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's I got in my million of them. Anyway, it's a 459. And again, 60 years ago, John Kennedy assassinated. We'll talk more about that and the theories and conspiracy behind it. Also, some good news. A pro-Trump candidate in Utah beat a moderate Democrat for the last congressional House seat. That's a good sign. Uh, she worked for the, the guy who was originally a congressman, a Republican, had to quit because his wife got sick and he wanted to take care of her. So his aide ran in his place and won. And a, a, a pro-Trump candidate beat the moderate Democrat in Utah. That could be another good sign. Polls are looking good for uh, (laughs) these people to lose on the Democrats. Anyway, it's almost 5 o'clock. Holy crap, it's sports coming up, too. More comedy bits and uh, your stuff and actual things on uh, on, uh, the day before Thanksgiving uh, with a kipper feet and flounder right here. Is this the year you want to grow your business? Do you want to expand your team? Build a new office? Hey, it's Tug, and I want to tell you about First Liberty Building and Loan. Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you're dealing with a new person? You won't have to with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they can help you too. They know the patterns, they know the ebbs and flows, and they know business. Now the Frost family wants to know you. FirstLibertyGA.com. Buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, or expanding. Reach out and spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. FirstLibertyGA.com. By the way, if you're a young banker and you want to work with a team that's faith-friendly with a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to First Liberty Building and Loan at FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com. Let's get it together, ladies. Left shoulder, right of blank. Ready on your dog, target. Run guards out. 
If you're a Marine Corps, I wanted you to have a wife. We'd issue you one. <laughs> Look out. It's only me. It's only the Kimmer 503 with Pete Davis and Flounder. And we're all having a pre-Thanksgiving happy kind of day. We had a couple of Hooter girls came in here. I guess they were giving out wings and stuff for anybody who was working on the day before. Or was that part of the 680 thing, maybe? Uh, possibly. I think they may be a client over there, yeah. so they brought some wings in. And and we, Flounder took a picture of me with the two ladies and put it on, uh, I think, is that up on uh, Yeah, let me basically. check and see what we got as a reaction for some. <laughs> I sent it to my yeah, kids. one guy said, eyes up. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I stood, when the girls came over, I deliberately put my hands right in front of me, and I said, my hands are totally visible, because you, know, you know, all of a sudden, anybody in a picture where your hands are behind her shoulder, they, you know, he's trying to goose her or whatever. So, anyway, I was I'm very careful to have my hands uh, completely known where they are at all times. That was kind of fun. Uh, let's see. Easy now, Kimmer. Maybe take it one at a time. Uh, <laughs> hopefully neither of them I offer could. to throw him a softball pitch yeah. with uh, wearing high heels. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't handle either one of them, for sure. But they're very sweet girls, and they're very nice, and it was a nice thing. Uh, it is the day before Thanksgiving. We'll talk more about Thanksgiving. In fact, we'll tell a little bit about that now. Uh, also, uh, John F. Kennedy, uh, the President of the United States, assassinated on this day 60 years ago. And um, a couple of, we got a bunch of newsy things going on here and a couple of kinky things. I almost feel a little guilty about. I think this was Pete Davis is doing. Uh, Pete, well, you know, uh, uh, Pete uh, came up with some suggested ideas of topics. Uh, In fact, uh, concerning uh, just two off the top of my head, I have in front of me here. What celibacy really does to you, the bad things that can happen when you stop having sex. And two, how long sex really lasts compared to how long you think it lasts. (laughs) So I'm not sure we're going to be able to, uh, in the spirit of the moment. Anyway, 505 with the Kimber, Pete, and Flounder. It is Thanksgiving Day, uh, and uh, for the record, in uh, 1621, the Plymouth colonists from England and the Native American Wampanoag people shared an autumn uh, harvest feast acknowledged as one of the first Thanksgiving celebrations in the colonies. And the uh, celebrations were very common. They usually would put a turkey on the table. And instead of slaughtering a cow, because cows are useful for other different reasons and so forth, and turkeys are basically raised to be meat birds. Even back then, they were just raised to be eaten. They weren't raised to, you know, pull trucks or anything or uh, work the plow, obviously. So that was, uh, you wouldn't be wasting any uh, uh, important livestock who had other functions. The first menu, they believe, uh, there are two documents, two surviving documents that reference the original Thanksgiving harvest meal. They describe a feast of freshly killed deer, assorted wild fowl, a bounty of cod and bass, and flint which is a native variety of corn harvested by the Native Americans, which was eaten as cornbread and porridge. Uh, there are other uh, possibilities that they say were likely and apparently some evidence. A lot of vegetables, uh, onions, carrots, beans, spinach, lettuce. Uh, they also believe would probably have had ducks and geese, even eels, uh, perhaps lobster, and certainly a lot of venison. Um, and uh, so there, anyway, so there you go. 1621 is when they had the first official one with a Wampanoag 
Indian Indian tribe, apparently. Uh, and uh, if any, if you have Thanksgiving plans or Thanksgiving information, or if you're driving to the airport and you see it's backed up for 25 miles, you want to let us know. 404-741-1230. And again, the latest. I have something. Yes, yes, please. Uh, what sound does a turkey with one leg make? Gob. <laughs> wobble, wobble. Wobble, wobble, ladies and gentlemen. Well, my little sign says gobble till you wobble, so it's kind of a hey-ho sort of effective. How boom, cow, wow, boom. Uh, we don't, do we know any more about the Rainbow Bridge thing in uh, Niagara Falls? The vehicle blew up there. They, they must have been a bomb in it. But, or, or, it seems more and more that they're kind of walking that back, and, and it may have just been... Some horrible Somebody, thing. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if it was just a random occurrence where someone was driving too fast and ran into something, but it yeah. seems like they're kind of retracting things on the news a little bit. This oh, was, you're saying the media just scared the hell out of everybody for no reason. Well, we do know that if it had been a, a suspected white supremacist, uh, President Showers with daughter would have been on the phone and on TV immediately from his uh, billionaire's mansion in Nantucket celebrating Thanksgiving while this is going on. Because uh, you, you, you know if they've been able to bring some kind of racial thing into it, he would have been all over television. Uh, so that's a scoop. Apparently, this again is at Niagara Falls. At the bridge, the Rainbow Bridge, connecting their part of the bridge to Americans' bridge in Canada. The car was going from America into Canada, and it blew up. <clears throat> One report was going 100 miles an hour. I, I find it hard to believe because the other report said that they were told to get in the, the other lane. So I don't, I don't they had to back up an awful long way to get it up to 100 miles an hour to change lanes at the at the bridge. Anyway, uh, I, so I, we don't know. I mean, apparently it was a fireball. We've seen streams of fire and flame. So clearly it's a well. There's video. Yeah, yeah. We, there's it, video of the car the car hitting the guard shack. Oh, there is actually hitting the shack. I haven't seen that yet. Wow. Yeah. Well, but again, we don't know that, whether it was... That's when it explodes. Yeah. And again, we don't know whether it was a terrorist attack with a bomb or whether it was to card and it was a, another thing. All right. I just got kind of a really funny phone call. Okay. So oh. this guy was caught. Well, he, he, had, to, I, he had to go, I, I, so he couldn't yeah. stay on. But he said, why does Kimmerer always say, zip your fly at 5 o'clock? <laughs> You're so close, sir. <laughs> I was like, do you mean Semper Fi? He's Semper like, Fi. <laughs> Semper Fi. There we go. Semper Fi. I got to go. You're killing me. I see it at the end of the show. Semper Fi. Semper Fidelis. Did you see the headline? <laughs> what? Uh, of the fight the Marines had in Austin the other day, there was a headline, Temper Fi. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, that's that was still the main story on Daily Mail, I think, like a day later even. It was on last night they were making a big deal about it. Uh, and again, just the visual of these idiots, uh, you know, uh, picking a fight with a bunch of Marines in their dress blues. <laughs> just, you know, you, you, you know, golly, if you don't recognize the dress blues of the Marine Corps and you still want to pick a fight with a bunch of them, have a ball, you know. I mean, we live for moments like that. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, mercy, mercy, mercy. Oh, by the way, speaking of Thanksgiving and gatherings, there's a new poll out from a survey of 2,000 Americans, Harris Poll, and it showed that more than half of the Gen Z op uh, people, now who are Gen Z? That's uh, 18 to 29, I think, right? Half of the Gen Z people don't even want to go to family gatherings anymore, and most of the Gen Z and millennials admit to dreading it uh, because of political debates going on now. About uh, 50% of Gen Z millennials say they have a hard time controlling their emotions. Um, they say they secretly unfollow people based on their political content. Uh, Gen X and boomers opt for peace. Gen Z and millennials uh, deem certain limits off, uh, off topics. 
And as a so-called silent majority, the Harris poll discovered 85% of Americans keep their political opinions close by without bragging about them to everybody else. When asked what people have done to avoid talking politics, half of them say we just they just walk out. Uh, uh, half of them say we've actually canceled dates or walked out on a date when it started getting political. In our family, they know better at my place. My daughter Jennifer is sort of the uh, uh, the mediator. When anybody says, well, even we have family, you know, I, I go see them every spring down at the beach, and they, all their friends are there from, from years of knowing each other. So we have families from, you know, all over the country meet together. And they're, and they're all all screaming liberals. They're all almost socialists. I mean, my my daughters and my favorite ex-wife and everybody, screaming liberals. And so whenever someone starts bringing, well, nobody needs a, an, an AK-47, Jennifer says, well, how about that weather? Let's go, Dad, what do you think about this? You know, <laughs> yeah, nobody needs a beach house. Either. How about those Dodgers? Yeah, <laughs> I swear it gets just like that. I mean, she'll stand up and no, no, whoa, whoa. Well, <laughs> anyway, I don't. You sorry. know what I always say, Kimmer? What's that, sir? <laughs> Be sure to bring up politics at Thanksgiving dinner tomorrow. It's going to save you money on Christmas gifts. Follow me for more holiday tips. <laughs> you are correct, sir. Uh, 5.13. We'll be following you in a minute because Holy Crap and Sports is coming up with the Gibber, Feet, and Flounder at uh, 106.3, almost Thanksgiving. So here we go. Stand by. All right, look out. It's Turkey Day, JFK, Napoleon's hat, a record price for that two-cornered thing there, weirdo. Also, stampeding to join the military. You know, it wasn't in America. Plus, we got it all. Holy crap, it's sports with Pete Davis. I'd like to wish happy birthday to my mama up in heaven. She would have been 91 today. Wow, well, happy birthday. Age these days. Special lady. Yeah, she's always upset that she had to share a birthday with JFK getting his head air conditioned <laughs> on national television. <laughs> That was never good. Uh, the Braves have re-signed catcher Chadwick Trump to a minor league deal, which is nice news okay. for him. And despite all assurances to the contrary by the so-called college football experts, yeah. Florida State was indeed bounced out of the top four of the college football Ooh. playoff committee's poll wow. and replaced by Washington. Georgia's number one, followed by Ohio State, Michigan, and then the Huskies. FSU is now fifth. And Seminoles fans are buying fits to drink for Thanksgiving now that their yeah. star quarterback is out for the season, and they're now out of the playoff for now. Oh boy! The Huskies beat then number eleven Oregon State twenty-two to twenty on Saturday after wins over then number eighteen Utah and then number twenty Southern Cal. And although Utah and USC are no longer ranked, Washington is now number one in the ESPN strength of record metric. The Knolls are fourth, and that's why they're claiming mm. they jumped up there. Yeah. Florida State played uh, FCS North Alabama this past week weekend overcoming an early 13 nothing deficit to win 58 to 13 so fsu plays rival florida this saturday and they're going to face number 10 louisville in the acc championship game after that uh, and the poll texas is seventh alabama eighth and ole miss is 12th hmm. so desmond ritter's the starter again and yeah. likely for the rest of the season for the falcons sink or swim mm -hmm. if he goes down like a rock what can the falcons do to fix their quarterback problem well, Scott Bear of AtlantaFalcons.com says the free agent class doesn't look very good, and analysts say the draft's quarterback class is deep, so it's possible the Falcons could get a good one without a top-five pick. 
But if Ritter goes down like a spoonful of mashed potatoes tomorrow, the Falcons could have a top-five pick. And the way they're playing, they could. And this isn't good news either. Their best player, kicker Young Way Koo, did not practice with a back injury. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. So they've released wide receiver Damian Bird back into the wild to make room maybe to sign another kicker for insurance. It is a tough time for a bird to be released back into the wild right now. Not time of year for that. Uh, Flounder, you know what to do. <laughs> Hold on a minute. He's got stuff. You know he's doing it. He's, got, he's busy. It's got stuff to do in there. <laughs> but that was the weakest free. Oh, that's I the worst. Right, hold on. Ready? Cue him. And ready and go. Flounder. Hit it. Hold on. The board's actually acting. Go up. ahead. Oh, <laughs> the board. Uh, all right. Now, wait a minute. No, you're happy. We still haven't done it. Okay. Ready and do it. Well, that, I, I like, only did because Pete wanted to only do the short version. He didn't want yeah, to do the whole part. Version. I know. I know. Uh, 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 never so, mind. A good worker never. Oh. There you go. Okay. Good worker never blames his tools. But okay. Promo coming. <laughs> All right. Colts owner Jim Ursay said his 2014 arrest for operating a vehicle while intoxicated yeah. was a result of police prejudice against him for being, quote, a rich white billionaire, end quote. Uh, where did this come from all of a sudden? He's got to join the racist train or something? He said, I am prejudiced against because I'm a rich white billionaire. He did it on HBO last night. It was aired. If I'm just the average guy down the block, they're not pulling me in. Of course not. He was then asked how he thought his assertion would be received, and he said, I don't care what it sounds like. It's the truth. I could give a damn what people think, how anything sounds or sounds like. The truth is the truth, and I know the truth. He was a drunk driver. The people got to know if their Colts owner is a crook. Well, I'm, I'm drunk. I'm not a, a toxicology report showed that Ursay had the painkillers oxycodone and hydrocodone, as well as alprazolam. I haven't had that one yet. In his system at the time. Now, a spokesman for the Rich White Billionaire Guild has declined comment on their member's statement, so they're, they're distancing themselves. What an idiot. He, he's, he's drinking the Kool-Aid. All of a sudden now, the years later, he says, well, it was racism. Uh, I mean, because he okay. must be a, a proud Democrat to, to try to get the party elected again or something. But ask yourself again, why are they bringing up something from, what, nine years yeah, ago? Yeah, right. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. Robert Griffin tweeted a pic from the Eagles win over the Chiefs the other night. It shows three Philadelphia players standing one behind the other. The names in their jerseys read Kelsey Hertz Swift. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> All players for the Eagles. Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. James Madison will no longer pursue legal action against the NCAA for bowl eligibility. Last week, the NCAA denied JMU's request for a postseason waiver to be able to play in a bowl this season yeah. because the Dukes are in the second year of a transition from FCS to FBS trannies. Yeah. They are not eligible for the postseason. But following a 10-0 start and denial of that waiver, Virginia Attorney General Jason Meares threatened legal action, saying this injustice transcends athletics should not be allowed to stand. Then James Madison went out and lost to Appalachian State on Saturday, ending the season. The school saying that loss changed the landscape in terms of the nature and timing of our legal options, including the diminished viability of a lawsuit against the NCAA. Yeah, that's not good. uh, The Hawks scored 152 points at home last night. And of course, must have been a major victory. They probably won by 40. 152 points points, but it's a record of a, of a win over like 50 points over their opponent. Unbelievable. What was it? must have been amazing. <laughs> they lost. Oh, no. Wait a minute. 
India came from behind, 20 points behind, to beat Atlanta 157-152. The two teams combined for 309 points. And by the way, how is that possible? They just stop playing defense, take the three-point shot. Is it all just launching from 40 feet now? Well, it's this in-season tournament. I don't think they're taking it as seriously, maybe, as they I should. I guess. I Holy know. cow. Don't you have it any mark- freaking pride, though? My <laughs> God, you know that guy just dribble around you and make a layup, and you go, oh, gee, a good shot? I mean, what the hell? And this is disgusting. It marked just the seventh regulation game in league history to feature both teams scoring at least 150. The Pacers 157, a franchise record for them. Trey Young led the Hawks with 38 points. It was the first NBA game since 1997 that both teams shot over 60% from the floor as opposed to the stands. They still don't count the (laughs) ones you shoot from the stands. Uh, The Hawks set a franchise record, 86 points in the first half. And they still lost. Yeah. Well, now uh, I didn't see the game. Is it? Do they get to the half uh, half uh, court line and just launch it and make three points all night long? No, they were playing basketball. I watched a good portion of it. Well, they how the hell basketball. could you not be def- have a defense? Uh, that's I, I don't get it. Uh, it's the NBA. Hawks host the Nets in State Farm Arena tonight, so maybe they'll turn it around tonight. Uh-huh. So, do fans believe that Spurs rookie center Victor Wimbanyana is going to be a big deal? Well, this could be a clue. Mm-hmm. A game-worn jersey sold on Tuesday for a staggering $762,000 at Sotheby's auction. It was from his first game he played in the NBA. But the joke is on whoever bought the jersey because Wimbanyana is so tall that anyone wearing it will just look stupid. <laughs> And for the first time since October 3rd, there will be no football played on television tonight. No college, no NFL at all. So maybe there's some lame Canadian football wow. thing going on, but good luck staying awake during that. Holy watching cow. Canadian football is like watching Canadian porn. It's cold and everyone's overdressed. <laughs> on this day, porn. November. <laughs> is there such thing as Canadian overdressed, porn? Overdressed, is it? That'd be the name of my band. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Canadian porn. Yeah, porn, eh? <laughs> that with uh, Pete and the Backstabbers. Or back, no, oh, oh On this day, November 22nd, 1910, Arthur Knight patented the steel shaft golf clubs, which are obviously defective after I tried using them a couple of weeks ago, and they did absolutely no good for anybody. Well, so. I'm going to write that off my list. Uh, change golf forever. Uh, it's a steel it shaft and a wooden gun. And I have my old grandfather had some old wooden shaft clubs that I have, uh, have somewhere around here. Didn't the Timmer show up with a persimmon? He might have. Day, a, I, a, a yeah, putter or I think he did. Like yes, that? he did. He had an old wood, he had a wooden putter. I'm not sure if it was an ancient one or a, a new model, but it was a wooden putter. It was beautiful. Yeah. He let me use it once, too. The timber. Yeah. Did you make the putt? No, I didn't. It? I missed no, it. No, no. By a mile. <laughs> 1950, the Fort Wayne Pistons edged the Minneapolis Lakers 19-18. to 18. Mm. The Which, lowest NBA score yeah. of 37 combined scores. Uh, Compare that to 309 last year. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. 1966, the Heisman Trophy Award went to Steve Spurrier of Florida, the quarterback. Yeah, ever since then, the Heisman Trophy has sported the visor. It's been really, you look real close, you can see the visor on there. And finally, in 1986, 20-year-old Mike Tyson became the youngest heavyweight champion in boxing history. He stopped title holder Trevor Burbick in round two in Las Vegas to get the WBC title. Tyson celebrated by eating Burbick's liver, <laughs> along with some fava beans and a nice candy. Chianti. By the way, Tyson was only 20 years and four months old, the youngest heavyweight champion ever. 
I think I just, just oh, said that. I'm sorry. I didn't know if you said show, that. The show started at sorry. 20. I, I didn't hear you part and say the youngest part. I'm sorry. So now Flounder can make fun of you because you well, make fun of <laughs> All right. Yes, he can. Well, Hallie, that's easy. Yeah, talk about it. Every easy. day at 5, uh, yeah, 513. Low-hanging low fruit. <laughs> and a couple of sports birthdays, if you don't mind. Billie Jean King is 80. Today, the tennis legend, uh, Greg Luzinski. I used to love, man, when Greg Luzinski was rounding, uh, rounding third, heading for home, and the throw was coming in, the catcher's eyes looked like, oh, my God, I'm going to get killed. <laughs> because Greg Luzinski was about 280, and he ran yeah. like a truck. And he was, I mean, he looked like a buffalo going around. When he was round, and he was saying, he's rounding third, here it comes. I mean, it was just, you know, oh, my God, the catcher's eyes got real big. Uh, and tennis. Oh. star Boris Becker is 56. I uh, just remembered yeah. you gave your turkey recipe. Now I'm going to give mine. Oh, excellent. Please do. Step one, go buy a turkey. Yeah. Step two, take a drink of whiskey. There you go. Step three, put turkey in the oven. Mm. Step four, take another two drinks of whiskey. Mm -hmm. Step five, set the degree at 375. Mm -hmm. Step six, take three more whiskeys of drink. You have to add Step one as you go along. Yeah. <laughs> Step seven, turn oven the on. <laughs> Step eight, take four whisks of drinking. <laughs> Step nine, turk the basty. <laughs> and step ten, whiskey, another bottle of get. Uh, very funny. <laughs> Everything will come out just fine and dandy. I'm absolutely positive. Uh, thank you, Pete. 529. Uh, not all relationships happen around the uh, turkey table or Thanksgiving or holidays or anything else, including even before it starts. There's, an, uh, there's a little kind of a social media thing going on here, and we'll talk more about it after the break. Uh, a woman writes in to say, My wedding is coming up in a few months, but my fiancé and I have become involved in such fur furious arguments over food. My fiancé is a vegan, and he put me off of him when we first matched on Hinge because I'm a gal with a big appetite for burgers and steak. It never got between us until we started cooking at home, and now her wedding's coming up. Her fiancé has now said that uh, he, uh, he said uh, he will not. Oh, darn it. Now. They leave these things. They write them at the end of the story. Um a good one. Uh, no, hold on a second. I know a friend. Oh, he said uh, he allows meat in our home, so it makes no sense to me. He would want to ban it from our wedding. He's banning meat from the wedding because uh. it'll offend all of his relatives. Uh, the stubborn way he's dealt with us, this whole thing, is giving me really cold feet. I've seen another side of him, and I'm terrified I've made a huge mistake and agreed to marry the wrong guy. Is it stupid to call off my wedding over a steak? No. <laughs> well, it's 5.30. We'll see what your answer might be with a Kimmer, too. We're coming up with a Kimmer, Pete, and Flounder very shortly. <laughs> uh, I love it. It's a KC and the Sunshine Band, baby, from 1975. Two-week run at number one with this single, That's the Way I Like It. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's a very kinky story that goes along with this song, but I don't think I can share it with you on the radio. 534, uh, and it's over the Kimmer and Pete's. KC, the Sunshine, and Flounder. Uh, KC and the Sunshine Band, 1975, two-week run with That's the Way I Like It. Their second number one of the year. Uh, now, I wonder what the first one was. Uh, what was your other big hit? I like it. Uh, wasn't it something about the weekend or a uh, What the hell was ever the number one song? 
I don't know why I don't know that. I should have read this before and looked it up. <laughs> anyway, uh, Casey and Sunshine Band. That's what we're going to tell you. Uh, boogie this, Shoes. Uh, boogie. Oh, but that was in uh, uh, the uh, movie with... Uh, also, what's Get Down Tonight. Yeah, boogie Shoes and uh, was in the movie... Um, oh, God. Uh, with uh, the guy who boogie played... Nights. Boogie Nights. I just, I, you know, the, 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 that's right on my tongue. I, I, you'll get to, to an age where the, 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 I can see the words and they will not come out of my mouth. I mean, it just, it's in there and it just, it's, I don't know, there's too much stuff in there. Got to get rid of just, some of the stuff in there. Just like Flounder. Just like Flounder Just, in the other segment, you had one job. <laughs> one. Well, what can I tell you? One job. <laughs> I'm not good. I'm not, I have no skills. That's why, that's why I don't have a girlfriend. Uh-oh, stand by. <laughs> he got that one right <laughs> oh, that now time. He now he yeah, oh, That was yeah. perfect. Uh, birthday. <laughs> uh, very funny. By the way, the, the Timmers coming up. Uh, birthdays include Terry Gilliam. 83 years old, Terry Gilliam, the po- yeah. Monty Python writer, also an animator and a director of some truly brilliant movies. I didn't know this. Terry Gilliam, 83, Monty Python guy, also directed oh, yeah. Time Bandits, The Fisher King, Brazil, yeah. 12 Monkeys, Tideland, and parts of Monty Python's Holy Grail and Meaning of Life. I, didn't, I mean, hell, 12 yeah. Monkeys? I mean, those are major movies. Wow, pretty good. That's good for him. The only American of Monty Python. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and on this day in 2010, this is an amazing story. In Germany, 10 Somali pirates were put on trial for attacking a German ship. It was the first trial for piracy in Germany in 400 years. <laughs> 400 years. They would have had to drag out the old history books on how to perform that trial, I bet you. Holy smokes. Anyway, uh, 537. It's the Timmer on the radio with us here with the Kimber Pete and Flounder. Hello, Timmer. How's it going? Herp, herp, herp. <laughs> there you go. Look out, man. What's hey. up? Hey, brother. First of all, um, again, what a great time we had at the tournament. And second of all, I want to wish you guys the, the very best and happiest Thanksgiving. We are still blessed. So blessed yes. to be in this country, even yeah. though we're run by morons. But yes, it's um, <laughs> anyway, anyway, I know you, you mentioned the putter that that um, wood shaft. So, yeah. Wooden shaft. So, uh, <laughs> no, it's not anything special. It's uh, I probably had that thing for about 40 years. And I think it's just an old hickory shaft. Um, and and the, the quick story is um, I was playing 36 holes at two different courses with, with some friends of mine years and years ago. And in between rounds, I, I hated the current putter I had. So we stopped by. I forget what the name of the golf place was. But anyway, regardless, yeah. um, I went in, went to the putting green, saw that putter, Got about 15 feet away, sank the putt. I said, "That's it. That's mine." So, <laughs> yeah, that's how I got. That's how I got my last putter. We got it was probably 25 years ago, and I took it out on yeah. the. It was a good one. Uh, one of the famous putter maker guys, uh, yeah. and I took it out on the practice green, and I, I sunk a 20 footer, and I said, "I'm putting it in my bag." <laughs> but, but let me tell you something that's happened ever since I let you use the putter. Uh oh. 
I haven't sunk, sunk a single boat. Well, it's, I, I bad juju. I'm sorry. I know it's me. I guarantee it. <laughs> Put it in the closet for a while. All right, Timmer. Thanks, man. Thank you. you too. Thanks to you and yours. I appreciate it. 538, Timmer, nice guy. We had so much fun with those guys on the charity tournament. Uh, now, back to this quick thing. Again, there's newsy stuff, but I... Ugh. Dear Jane, a lady, lady writes in, her husband-to-be, they're getting married in a couple of months, her husband is a vegan, and there was never a really huge thing between them while they were kind of dating and being fiancés, but all of a sudden now he says he is not allowing meat at their wedding because it'll offend his family who are also vegans, but the, the bride-to-be is a big steak and uh, burger eater. So she's saying, have I made a mistake? I mean, he refuses to compromise and says there's going to be no, no meat, period. And so she says, geez, did I make a mistake? Well... The uh, the Jane, who, uh, the columnist is named Jane, uh, she says, uh, confused carnivore, it would be short-sighted to call off your wedding over a steak, but the steak in question is actually a signifier of bigger issues which you are starting to see. Uh, clearly. Yep. Now, before we get to her mm-hmm. answer, Pete Davis, if uh, if your wife said, uh, if you were a big meat eater, she says there's going to be nothing but spinach at our wedding, whether you like it or not, well, well, what do you think? I'm putting my foot down. Now, on her side, if he demands that she not have meat at the wedding, she can demand that there's no meat in the wedding bed either. <laughs> well, now, about uh, Flounder, let me ask you. If you, if you uh, uh, Clearly, you should be asking uh, Veronica to marry you, and when she says yes, if uh, suddenly she were to make a demand like that, or uh, are you in the position, uh, what, what would this do, you think? To become a vegan? No, she were demanding of you at the wedding, and whether you liked it or not, something was going to happen, uh, and you were thinking, man, this is a bad sign if she's uh, this. Uh, uh, yeah, call it off. Yeah. Well, uh, here uh, I would be. Uh, the I wedding be, is for the woman. Uh, yeah, yes. That's true. That's absolutely true, and guys don't forget that. Uh, but here's what this girl says. She says, uh, marriage is nothing of not compromise, each with their own beliefs. No matter how justified each one is, theirs is the right way. Uh, happiness is to find a middle ground. Uh, it's not that your fiancé is a vegan. It's a problem. It's that he's not willing to consider a compromise. Surprise, given he's, uh, he allows meat in your house. I can't understand his intransigence. Uh, his family's vegan. I'm sure they're adult enough to deal with people eating meat around them, which is what my opinion would be. You need to get to the bottom of this with your husband, why he is so insistent, and then you need to reach a compromise that accommodates both of your families. Now, last line. This wedding is about both of you, and both of you have equal needs. Should he not have any willingness to compromise, I would suggest that you may have discovered his fatal flaw. Be very grateful to have discovered it before you got married rather than after. And I agree. Totally That's agree. True. This is bad news. And oh. if they don't want to go, hey, what? if you can't count, you know, Dear Abby, almost every time Dear Abby you know, people call, calls in to say, she says, well, you need to go to counseling. Well, okay, everybody says that. Uh, but still, this is a very bad sign. I would be very, very hesitant to get married with that. Huh. Okay. Now, you sure you want to hear something else bad? I do. What do jazz lovers put on their potatoes at Thanksgiving? What do jazz lovers put on their potatoes at Thanksgiving? Golly, I don't, uh, I don't know. I don't. Groovy, groovy, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, hey, oh, my God, <laughs> maybe the worst. Wow. Uh, uh, <laughs> how do you follow that up? Yeah, I don't think you've. Been. Well, how do you tell the difference between turkeys and chickens? 
chickens celebrate Thanksgiving. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so think so. <laughs> uh, let's see. What face do pilgrims make when they're in pain? A pilgrim face. Oh, sorry. Uh, what, what dish smells makes the, the worst? best at Thanksgiving dinner? What smells the best? I don't know. What, what smells, smells the, the best? best at Thanksgiving dinner? What? Your nose. Yeah. Oh. What makes the worst jokes at a Thanksgiving dinner? The corny bread. Oh, my God. Uh, what did the turkey say to the computer? Google, Google, Google. That's actually sort of cute for your kid. You know, maybe kids can use that tomorrow. Oh, Lordy. Uh, five, 543. Should we do another comedy? Let's do You got another uh, Rodney in there with his birthday some Rodney today. here? Or what yeah. do you guys want to do? Uh, if Rodney, Rodney, if you have it, sure. You got it, absolutely. If you have it. Yeah, my dog, that's another one. He taught my wife to roll over and play dead. <laughs> now, I'll tell you, my life, when she makes love to me, there's always a reason for it. Now, one night, she used me to time an egg. <laughs> and I'll tell you something else, too. I don't like the nickname she gave me, either. Microwave. <laughs> oh, hey. <laughs> and by the way, speaking of timing an egg, uh, there's a health service called Pilot, which has done a survey and come out with a report, and it has uh, revelations in how long uh, intimacy, let's I'm try to make this a family thing, and again, we're talking about intimacy for the next couple of minutes, and you like a minute, so don't be freaked out, <clears throat> about how long an intimacy session might uh, actually last compared to how long you think. It might last. And the survey showed men typically think uh, that they're, uh, that they're uh, making love and having fun, but they're doing the right thing for like 10 to 12, 13 minutes, something in that area. It's about half. That's about five and a half minutes, according to the survey. And they say the attitude uh, might be uh, viewing pornography has uh, done a lot more harm than good, giving uh, unhealthy expectations of sex and intimacy, re, uh, increasing incidence of shame or anxiety about performance. Uh, most men believe that porn positively impacts their intimacy, uh, but a lot of women say that's not really true. They have a, a different view entirely, and it's not really representative of a healthy relationship. Uh, time, a uh, good time or bad time. Uh, by the way, there's another study uh, that shows that uh, regular uh, intimacy has wonderful physical and psychological health benefits, uh, even as much of a good benefit as good sleeping and eating habits. And when you, uh, even if you don't have a partner, it says there should be some continuation of the arrival <laughs> procedure of intimacy, which is good for you because it improves your, well, it, it, it affects your pelvic muscles, uh, especially for women, and improves bladder function and reduces the uh, possibility of incontinence. Uh, also, and no, it's true. Uh, it's a natural painkiller because uh, menstrual cramps are relieved, uh, relieved through, uh, you know, frink frank and it increases the heart rate and blood flow, overall good health. So, ladies, uh, you should be having a lot more intimacy than you are right now. Uh, and, you know, and in case you don't have a partner available, our number is uh, 404-741-1230. At least two of us are available. Uh, 546 with a Kimmer, Pete, and Flounder. <laughs> Look out. <laughs> All right. Oh, my God.
With international conflicts running hot and Israel at war, you can trust Extra 106.3 to bring you the latest breaking news throughout the day and the conservative voices you trust for all the latest. Hamas is a terrorist organization, and anybody who supports the terrorist attack on Israel should be released from this country and sent away. Israel at war with live updates all day. If 9-11 happened to us again today, I wonder what the hell the reaction would be. From Atlanta's only conservative news and talk station, Extra 106.3 and the Extra app. It's now weeks before Christmas and you're shopping for others, but there's no need to stress because they're Solomon Brothers. Whether for mom or dad, your husband or wife, you'll find the right gift for the love of your life. Now let me tell you why it's worth the drive. We have one care total weight diamond set earrings for just $9.95. Necklaces, rings, watches, and more, all waiting for you. Just visit a store. And what else will you see when you do arrive? A three-care tennis bracelet for $29.95. There's no gift like jewelry at just the right price. So shop Solomon Brothers and you'll find something nice. But time's running out, so come see us today and celebrate the season the Solomon way. This holiday season, find the perfect gift for that special someone on your list at Solomon Brothers. So visit us today on Peachtree Road in Buckhead and on Old Milton Parkway in Alpharetta. You can also shop online at SolomonBrothers.com or on Instagram at Solomon Brothers. As the longest continually operating franchise in Major League Baseball, the Atlanta Braves have plenty of history to share with fans. Tours of Truist Park are offered year-round and take guests behind the scenes to areas normally off-limits during games. With artifacts and exhibits distributed throughout the ballpark, it is a definite must for any Braves or baseball fan. Visit Braves.com tours to purchase your ticket today. And along with exclusive tours around the ballpark, you can also host a private event to Truist Park. Corporate meetings, trade shows, team building events, birthdays, rehearsal dinners, you name it, Truist Park can host it. Their dedicated staff is sure to bring your vision to life. Whether you're looking for a large space or something more intimate for your next event, there's a venue to accommodate your needs. Visit Braves.com events for more details. Atlanta Braves Baseball for the A. Step into the great outdoors with Realtree, Georgia's very own outdoor company. Hi, I'm Bill Jordan, and I'm here to tell you about the incredible experiences that await you and your loved ones. At Realtree, we've dedicated ourselves to creating quality products and experiences that enhance your outdoor lifestyle. Whether you're an experienced hunter or a novice angler, Realtree has everything you need to make your outdoor adventures a success. Visit Realtree.com to discover a world of possibilities. Realtree, family, friends, and the outdoors. Millions of guys suffer from erectile dysfunction. That's one in four men. And I can tell you, I'm one of them. If you or someone you know suffer from ED, Peyronie's disease, or PE, here's 38-year emergency room doctor and founder of Total Body Therapy of Georgia, Dr. Eric Deal. Patients who enter my office are often frustrated, hopeless, depressed, and embarrassed. I understand the problem, and I'm going to help you fix it. There are lots of competitors that don't have the credentials that I have. When you go to other clinics, you're not going to see board-certified physicians with the experience that I have. When you come to our clinic, you're going to see me. There's just not one therapy that can solve these complex issues. I'll do a complete history and physical prior to any treatment that we use. 
Take it from me, Dr. Deal. When it's not hard, it's really hard. Call Dr. Deal for your free one-on-one evaluation and resolve your ED, peronies, or PE issues. Total Body Therapy of Georgia, 404-777-1911. 404-777-1911. Online at StopMyED.com. Imagine having all the money you need for retirement, all the income, every month, guaranteed. That's Secure Future Investor an indexed annuity tied to growth in the stock market, but without any risk of loss ever. It's guaranteed money for life income, no matter how long you live. Call 888-509-2228. 888-509-2228. Sponsored by GP Agency, Inc., Raleigh, North Carolina. Licensed in all states. Performance may vary. Consult with your financial professional before making an investment decision. Stream the morning extra, The Kimmer Show, along with Glenn Beck, Clay and Buck, Jesse Kelly, and our entire lineup of conservative voices on the all-new Extra 1063 app. Download it now for Apple or Android. <laughs> Look out. It's only me, it's only the Kimmer 551 with Pete Davidson, Flounder, and Iron Butterfly. And on this day in 1969, Iron Butterfly, supported by Steel Mill, featuring Bruce Cheatstein, appeared at the Randolph-Macon College in Ashland, Virginia. The gig was held in the school's 3,500-seat Crenshaw Gymnasium in 1969. Iron Butterfly in a beat of the beat of the beat of the Uh Let's see. Let's see. Oh, do I have it? Oh, here we go. Our birthday list includes uh, somebody you mentioned yesterday, I believe, Pete, Oscar Pistorius. 37 years old, the South African runner with no legs, who made history by competing against able-bodied runners at the 2012 Olympics. They let him run with those uh, springy, uh, rounded, uh, leg-fake uh, metal things. Uh, then he went to prison for killing his girlfriend. He had claimed that he thought she was a burglar, and he shot her through the bathroom door or something. Anyway, that didn't work. And uh, he got he got resent he got he got 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 off or something. And then he got resentenced to a murder charge. And then I think didn't you say you just got uh, eligible for early parole? I think didn't you mention? Well, that they just they supposedly screwed up his uh, parole hearings or something like that, so he may get out on the technicality. Yeah. Anyway, a couple of quick things in the news on uh, JFK's assassination. Dale updated a couple things. On, oh, in fact, uh, speaking of, a, of of historical note, uh, Attorney General Robert F. Kennedy on this day had to contend not only with the loss of his beloved brother, but with a new boss he thoroughly despised, Lyndon B. Johnson. Kennedy famously said, quote, this man, the new president after the assassination, this man is mean, bitter, vicious, and animal in many ways. For his own part, Lyndon Johnson thought no more highly of Robert F. Kennedy, whom he referred to as, quote, a snot-nosed little son of a bitch. Among (laughs) his more generous epithets, the mutual animosity between the two men resulted in Robert Kennedy's resignation as attorney general and his decision to oppose LBJ as the Democratic nominee for president. And one of the more famous quotes for Lyndon Johnson is uh, when he's talking to give an order to Robert F. Kennedy, he said, quote, do it. President Kennedy's not president anymore. I am. And that's the way they uh, got along, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's, see. Um, uh, let's see. Oh, a couple quick things in the news. Uh, a Republican congressman from New York wants a probe of whether Reuters and the Associated Press knew in advance of the Hamas attack because they were there awfully quickly. 
and he thinks they were warned or tipped off and uh, never to- told anybody about it and uh, instead uh, just kind of went along with it to get the story. He's invested once that investigated. Also, uh, by the way, how is this for, a, for an incredible story? We talk about American, you know, their recruitment efforts for American military are way down, way down. Well, a stampede at a military stadium has left 31 people dead because they were responding to an appeal for recruiting for the military. There were so many people showed up, and they got there so much in advance, and they got squeezed in together that uh, there was a, a problem with the event why it wasn't even uh, canceled after it been launched. Apparently, uh, the people had lined up in front of the uh, stadium since Monday morning. It was the last day of being able to sign up to join the military. So they said, well, we want all to get there. That was why many of the one witness, one survivor said, why many of us decided to wait until late into the night hoping to register. Some were so impatient they had to force their way in, causing a stampede that left 31 people dead. And, of course, this was not a stampede to join the military in America. This was in the Congo. Over the last week, young people have sought to join the Army, one of the few institutions in the Congo that still has a job to offer. By the way, a record at an, off, uh, an auction at, uh, in uh, France, uh, Fontainebleau, an auction. Apparently, somebody bid $2.1 million on one of the final remaining hats that Napoleon wore, one of those famous... Well, he had 122 cornered military dress hats he wore every day. Four or five are in private collections. The rest are in museums. This one sold was part of a personal collection for over $2 million. And it's uh, the highest price ever for one of his uh, hats and uh, a pretty powerful image. Uh, that, that, that movie opens today or tomorrow. The, well, they said uh, in in light of the, uh, let's see, the, what you may do. Well, now, damn, they don't have the th- the word in here. <laughs> Cripe. Oh, here we go. The fil- the sale comes just before the new Ridley Scott film, Napoleon, starring Joaquin Phoenix and Vanessa Kirby, uh, hits theaters today. And it's supposed to be a a, a, a big bomb, a big, big, huge one. Uh, what do they call them? A, a, a cl- not a classic. What's the word? Yeah. Oh, epic. Uh, epic. Epic movie. Uh, 556 with the camera repeat in Flounder. And some of the disturbing facts you may not have known about the John F. Kennedy assassination on this day. The famous pink Chanel suit that Jackie Kennedy wore is still covered in blood and stored inside a climate-controlled vault in the National Archives. Archives, it'll say, they say it'll be released uh, out of public view until at least the year 2103. Oh, he was killed in 1963, so add up the years to make it an, an anniversary. 150? Yeah, I guess. Uh, Mrs. Kennedy was at the swearing-in, of course, with Air Force One with Johnson when he was getting sworn in. And LBJ's uh, wife, Lady Bird, asked Mrs. Kennedy if she'd like to change out of that blood-stained dress. Jackie Kennedy famously replied, quote, Oh, no, that's all right. I want them to see what they have done to Jack. That suit is still uncleaned. A Secret Service agent who was uh, serving as her Secret Service detail, who, the guy who jumped onto the back of the limo, shielding Jackie and the already hit Kennedy, st- says he still feels a sense of guilt. His name is Clint Hill. Uh, and he said, I should have been able to do more. I just wasn't faster than a speeding bullet. Uh, after Jackie Kennedy uh, saw what had happened, 
she turned to that same uh, uh, special secret service agent, Clint Hill, and said, they shot his head off. I love you, Jack. Another little-known thing, the Zapruder film, which is the only known film to show all of the shooting, was not even released to the public until 1975, uh, 12 years after the assassination. By the way, Kennedy wasn't the only person Lee Harvey Oswald killed that day. He also murdered a police officer, J.D. Tippett, shot him with a Smith & Wesson revolver three times in the chest and once in the temple after he had already killed Kennedy or maybe helped kill Kennedy. By the way, the rifle is a, uh, a Manlicker Carcano rifle, a bolt action and yes, they say experts did uh, did copy what he did and were able to shoot it and clay, uh, kick it three or four times in bolt action in that very, very short period of time, although they weren't very accurate, but they say it could be done. So I don't know. The whole thing it makes me uh, bizarre. Uh, let's see. Boys, I can't. It's almost it's almost Christmas for quite a whole lot. <laughs> my lights are going on tonight. My, 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 my lights on my deck. It's five. It's almost coming up on six o'clock. Uh, uh, Flounder and you and uh, Miss Veronica hope you have a, a great time with your family. And that she uh, is. Uh, this will be your first uh, Thanksgiving with a whole new uh, situation. And you, the both of you, really, I guess. Huh? Yeah, it should be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Outstanding. And Pete Davis, uh, you got your your co- you're cooking your turkey tonight yeah. or tomorrow? Uh, I'm cooking the uh, cornbread tonight and the dressing tomorrow. And Kimmer, what always comes at the end of Thanksgiving? Uh, passing out, uh, unbuttoning your buckles. What? The letter G. Oh, oh very funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll tell you what else comes. I got to go. You're killing me. <laughs> Boys, have a great one. Happy Thanksgiving. God bless you all. Thank you. Love you folks for being with us all this time. Be back on Monday. In the meantime, hoorah, Semper Fi. God bless America. Have some fun. Be careful out there. Be safe. Love you. Bye. See ya. Is this the year you want to grow your business? Do you want to expand your team? Build a new office? Hey, it's Tug, and I want to tell you about First Liberty Building and Loan. Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you're dealing with a new person? You won't have to with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they can help you too. They know the patterns, they know the ebbs and flows, and they know business. Now the Frost family wants to know you. FirstLibertyGA.com. Buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, or expanding. Reach out and spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. FirstLibertyGA.com. By the way, if you're a young banker and you want to work with a team that's faith-friendly with a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to First Liberty Building and Loan at FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com.